button. Two seconds. And as other people mention, they always see and hear me before I do. They're like, oh, yeah, we see you on YouTube before you say the light is green. I'm like, well, dude, I can only go with what I see here. Um, all right. And, and right now the light is on. And actually, this is another weird thing. Yep, it is it's, there. Um, it's not even green. It's, it's yellow. The light is yellow. It's like a caution flag. But anyways, <laughs> we're on the Internet. So I'm going to cue the intro and we're going to start the dumpster fire uh, almost on schedule. So here we go. Hi, this is Dale Leader, designer of TRS-80 Color Baseball, and you're listening to Coco Talk. This is Coco Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. With your host, Mr. Can't Get Past Level 1 in Any Game, Stevie Stroh. Good evening and welcome everybody. Welcome to episode 98 of Coco Talk. We are live. We are on the internet. It's Saturday night. Do you know where your color computers are? I know where mine are. And uh, we've got a panel for you. We've got an audience on the internet. We've got a panel on the show. We've got uh, cats and dogs living in harmony. We've got solder porn up on the screen here. Look at those joints. Look how clean those... Look at that grill right now. That is just gorgeous. So there's all kinds of stuff going on here. So in the bottom left-hand corner, we have Richard Lorbieski of Voice on Technology showing off some... Um, High-definition soldering on the screen there looking quite nice. Good evening, Richard. Welcome to the yeah. program. Hello. Yeah, actually that's by accident. I, I was meaning to Double-check some some of the wave soldering I had done. So I was, I was like, oh crap. It's going on to the webcam So it's going on the webcam. <laughs> that's uh, it looks like you got a blob there between two of them pins. Oh, yeah Yeah, there's there's blobs. So that's that's quite normal. I have to go in there and uh, unsolder, you know, uh, straighten it out but is that carpet this right here no this is a uh, metal right there yeah that would be um that would i'm just be gonna ask about some of my hair or not, so yeah <laughs> brian Shubring, it's the same zoom link that it is every week i'm posting it in the live chat hopefully you'll see it i don't know if it makes its way through um so yeah it is it's out there it's the same link every week matter of fact if you open zoom you might even see um you might see that there's a history of places you've been in the past. Well, welcome, Richard Lorbieski. Um, uh, the screen keeps moving around on me here, so it's hard to keep an eye on things. Uh, so, Brian, the music man, looks like he's joined. There he goes. Brian, the music man, has joined us. Good evening, Brian. All right, my screen keeps screwing around. So I'm going to go back in the top left-hand corner of the screen here. And um, we have a special guest, I think, first time on the show. David O'Connor is with us. Welcome, David. Thank you very much, Stevie. It's a pleasure to have you, and we'll get to know you a little bit more in, in just a little bit when we go around the room here. We have Mark B. with us. Mark Bosley, how are you this evening, Mark? Oh, just fine. Thank you for being here, and thank you for wearing that lovely shirt. I must say, I'm quite jealous. And uh, Jason Downs has joined us. Hey, Jason. Also Hello. wearing a lovely shirt there. I like that. The deluxe Coco Talk shirt. I'm digging it. It is. 
That's right. We've got from O Canada, lovely Curtis Boyles with us. Good day. And uh, uh, how's it going, eh? <laughs> joining Cold us, again. joining us from Chicago, Brian, the Music Man Shoebring is with us. Hello, Brian. Hello, hello, hello. And you've joined us at the beginning of the show. It's nice to have you here from the from the top. Take it from the top, Brian. This time with feeling. <laughs> hello. All right, from the bottom of the earth, the thunder from down under, the guy who will never put a cartridge game together no matter how much you pay him nicholas morentes is here <laughs> good day nick good day everyone how are you <laughs> not bad the guy who says the guy who says screw you cartridges <laughs> but a guy i could have sworn you said bottom of the barrel not <laughs> but, a guy, but a guy who has made many cartridges and cartridge cases is also with us john strong this evening hello john hello Welcome, welcome. Another foreigner on the show. We don't build walls here on Coco Talk from the Great White North. D. Bruce Moore is with us. How's it going, eh? It's going great. All right. Celebrity booking agent, a uh, guy who has lunch with all the A-listers is with us here, Ron Delvo. Hello, everybody. Right. How's it going? I'm very, very good. And the most prolific <laughs> most prolific programmer to ever lay his fingers on the MC10. Jim Gary is with us in the flesh, too. Hey, Jim, how are you? Welcome. Good evening, guys. Glad to have you. I see you've good got some semi-graphics artwork in the background there, which is nice. Yeah. Nothing beats semi-graphics. All right. Can't beat it. You can't beat it. Well, we've got, we've got a lot of things lined up this evening um so uh we have we have music things to cover all right ron. ron that's a party foul <laughs> ron just looped audio back into the program look at it. he's 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 scrambling to find the on off volume and mute buttons there oh no oh no <laughs> Let's all it's watch Ron. Let's all it's watch Ron. We're gonna watch Ron panic <laughs> and press buttons until he figures it out. Uh, yeah, I thought it was on the um, monitor, but it's on the speakers behind. And so, oh well. welcome to Groundhog Day. Yeah, that's the way it is. Hey, Sorry. listen, it's, it's a professional show. We'd expect yeah. nothing less than this. So good, you have to hear it twice. Yes, it's it's so good. Um, so I was, as I was saying, we, we have music to cover this evening. We have um, we, boxes of things will be unopened, and, and, and other things are going to happen. So um, things, things are going on. So I think what I'd like to do, and just to put the man on the spot himself right now, but we have a special guest with us who has, has never been on the program before, and, um, and he's got some interesting things behind him. Uh, a couple of those things happen to be color computers, and behind those color computers happens to be what looks like, you know, I, I was as mentioned this earlier. This looks like a Walter Carlos um, a tribute going on back here. A lot of analog gear. Um, so he's here with us in the flesh. His name is David O'Connor. Welcome, David. Thank you once again, Stevie. It's a pleasure to be here. And, and tell us, uh, in no particular order, tell us about you. Uh, and then tell us about what we're looking at here on the screen of all this tech. And, and any way you want to bring us up to that, you feel free to do that. <laughs> okay. Um, well, my journey into the cocoa started uh, with the 
start of the 80s, basically. Um, in primary school before that, in the late 70s, and uh, just before that, I, we got into a Dick Smith system, 80, which we had in the, at, at the school, in primary school in grade five, um, which was based on the Z80 microprocessor. Uh, and then later on, uh, the next year, they upgraded to, to microBs, which were also a, an Australian Z80-based system. Uh, and then I found the, uh, the Coco in, uh, in Tandy Electronics. I was always into electronics. It's been a fascination and a hobby for me for, for many decades. Um, so I, uh, I saw the Tandy, the, the Coco one, and all its, its fantastic colour. So the Micro B and the, and the System 80 were, were monochrome systems, much like the, uh, the original TRS-80 models one to four. Um, and yeah, I, 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 this one here, the one that's running the uh, audio spectrum analyzer that's actually responding to my microphone, um, that was my first uh, Coco one that I actually got in probably around 1982, maybe 1983. Wow! Wow! Uh, it's like yeah. you upgraded the keyboard, though. Yeah, the, the keyboard upgrade was one of the first things to happen, um, and 64k of RAM. Um, it's an early one with a 16k badge underneath there. Okay. Um, so I got it. With, I got it with 16K, but it had extended color basic. Um, so yeah, the, the keyboard upgrade, then the, the memory upgrade, and I did a few modifications to it, added a, a, an analog output from the, the DAC, six bit DAC in it. Um, for tinkering with electronic projects, uh, I was always reading uh, Rainbow Magazine or Hot Cocoa or, uh, um, uh, what was the other one? There was three. Um, computer Mag. Yeah, it might have been actually. Yeah, but Hot Cocoa was probably the one I read the most, and then Rainbow the second most. Uh, yeah, but uh, you're not not from Canada, are you? He's no, Australian. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Down under. Good <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Hey>, mate. <laughs> so Nick, Nick, does, Nick doesn't need a translator for you. So. Yeah, no, 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 no. I can understand uh, everything he says. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if I come up with some, some Aussie euphemisms there, then uh, Nick, you might be able to translate for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, computers, electronics, and music have basically been the staples throughout my life. Um, I came into this world in 1971. Uh, and yeah, the, I was, I've always been fascinated by electronic music, uh, the likes of Jean-Michel Jarre with his uh, um, pioneering album called Oxygen, which some of you may have heard of. It's an awesome album. It's yeah, it's fantastic. It's it's still today to this day. Track two still still gives me chills every time I hear it. It's mm. it's great. Um, that and Tangerine Dream, German. Uh, oh yeah, group. oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, I've been heavily influenced by them, and also by you know typical eighties pop. You know, the, I was a teenager in the eighties, so grew up with all the eighties, you know, mm -hmm. top forty hits and everything. Um, and they, that was that was really the era of synth pop. So synthesizers and music were, were big then. That's when they made their big debut, really. Yeah. Uh, but then there was also, like you were saying earlier on, um, Stevie Walter or, or Wendy, Wendy Wendy Walter. Yeah. Probably the first uh, one of the first famous gender reassignments in in history, too. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I uh, as you can see in the background, they're heavily influenced by that. Um, the project behind me here. This uh, big modular analog synthesizer is uh, a project I'm building myself, um, and it's uh, 
something I'm planning on uh, writing software and also developing some hardware for the Cocos to get them to actually control that system. Wow. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we'll be working with uh, Brendan Donaghy and Ed Snyder. So, neat, uh, been, neat. Yeah, been talking about a few ideas, and especially with Ed, about uh, interface ideas to, to interface the computers to the real world. Um, so, yeah, that's that's probably my next project and maybe get to, to write up something about that in an in a edition of um, Rainbow Magazine. Ah, oh, there you go. Tie it all together. Excellent, mm. excellent, excellent. Mm. And and so I, I liked. I wish Steve Bjork was here to see this, but I like that you've got the audio spectrum analyzer real time, going through your uh, microphone there. And that's. I figured cool. that would. I figured that would probably be you know a little bit of icing on the cake after uh, yeah after show up something there and if I can have, have the uh, the Coco one doing something practical in the background. What's uh, the other one doing? The other one is just uh, playing a demo of Tetris. So ah. I've got a bit of an addiction to Tetris. I love Tetris. So. But they're both running Coco VGAs and Coco SDCs. So, uh, oh, they're both running Coco VGAs. Yeah, yep, yep. Ah, both all right. So you're up. both of those. So. Okay. Very cool. Mm. So we have all kinds of modern tech in there. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. The tweaking hasn't stopped. <laughs> uh, Rob Inman's asking how you're using the um, NTSC artifact colors on Tetris, and that's because it's the Coco VGA. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's obviously yeah. being in a Australia, the, the Pell Coco doesn't have artifact colors. So. Yeah, when, when you when the world's upside down, the uh, the color the color molecules can't stay together or something like that, right? So yeah, they, they <laughs> out when they, the gravity they sucks all the color out. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> the colors down in Antarctica or something. I think yeah. at this point, the bits fall out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, we need a less technical explanation. I was a bit confused with that. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody translate for Nick. It's probably because our toilets flush the opposite way, apparently. Yeah, and maybe the yeah. fella gets sucked in the toilet or something. Yeah, I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> so how long so have wait, you where? been oh, back sorry. in uh, how long have you been back in it now as now when it's we call it the retro hobby? Uh about probably six months, I would say. Oh, um, really? The Coco, yeah, the Coco has always been sitting on my shelf and it actually developed a fault um, where the RF converter was failing and the, the, the picture was almost unreadable. Um, so I, I saw it sitting on my shelf and I thought, I really should get this out and really you know, fix it and get it running again. Um, and I just did some Google searches and <laughs> funny enough, through a Google search, I found the, the Coco Facebook group and uh, joined there and, and um, yeah, looked into options of um, building a, a, um, a composite mod for it and get rid of the RF converter altogether, which was never that great anyway. Um, so, yeah, then uh, posted about that on the Coco Facebook group and you know, with, uh, there started to be communications between everybody. And I, I saw how active the group was and then found, about, found out about Coco BGA and all the work that Ed and yeah, Brandon had yeah. done. And, uh, yeah, it's just taken off from there. Yeah, I guess that looks good. Do you have an SDC too? Yeah, there's two. There's an SDC in each of those. Ah, yeah. So you're Absolutely. up to speed. You've got Cocos, you've got uh, Coco VGAs, you've got Coco SDCs, you've got all the modern toys now. It's, uh, yeah, <laughs> back in the early 80s, there's no way I would have envisaged in 2019 not only still using my Coco One, but actually upgrading them. <laughs> yeah. And writing for Rainbow Magazine. I mean, that's... Yeah. that's that's just, it's blowing my mind what's going on. The, 
the activity of the community these days is just, it's really inspiring what, what everybody's doing. Boomerangs for the Coco 3 and, and whatnot. And, you know, it's so many other projects. Yeah, it's... Whereabouts are you? What, what city in Australia? Um, I grew up in Victoria, in Geelong, um, right. which is, for those who don't know, is an hour from Melbourne. But um, I've, for the last probably nine or ten, nearly ten years, I've been living in Adelaide. So I'm in Adelaide right now in South Australia. All right. Whereabouts are you, Nick? I'm in Brisbane. Ah, okay. My, my family are in Brisbane. All right. <laughs> just, just look out your back window and yell at him. You shouldn't be that far away. <laughs> <laughs> All of your neighbors, uh, Nick, are represented we, here. We need we're getting a lot of we're getting a lot of Australians showing up to the cocoa community now, aren't we? Yes, we are. I'll be able to understand invite. everything soon. Yeah, we, we, it's it's to the point now where we're going to need to make an Australian cocoa fest. We're going to have to make the trek. <laughs> It'd be good to have something like that in Australia. It really would. It's, yeah, maybe we could go halfway in the. Um, Atlantic Ocean somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> made, made in Hawaii. Yeah, Hawaii. Yeah. There you go. Um, well, I'd rather Nick, got a tea. Yeah, Nick did a, an, an Oz K-Fest not too long ago. A year For or the so Apple ago. too, yeah. Yeah, so, but it was still a retro event though, so. Yeah. Do a Coco Cruise. A Coco Cruise. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be a booze cruise the whole time, right? So <laughs> that would be cool. Uh, well, we're delighted to have you here, David, and feel free to chime in at any time as we are just going through our um, our evenings of, of frolicking. Um, so we definitely have some music stuff to talk about. So we figured we would start with David O'Connor with this kind of music background. Um, in our news articles, I've got a handful of musical things to show off. Uh, from the Game Master cartridge. There's been a handful of posts from that this week. But we also have um, some things to, to come out of a box, if I'm not mistaken, too. And Polly T has joined us. Is that Paul Thayer? Yes, it is. Hi, everybody. Hey, Polly T. Welcome. Um, Thank you. And so Jason Downs has sent me some videos uh, of some something that's in a box that's going to come out of a box. Now I have not seen these videos yep. yet. These have not been um, these have not been screened or um, are, are well, appro approved by any censor uh, organizations of <laughs> standards and practices. Well, well, they're certainly safe for work, but uh, quality wise, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say they're particularly high quality. <laughs> All right. Well, let me look at the details of these two things. So I've got two video clips. One of them is 20 seconds, and one of them mm -hmm. is eight minutes. Mm -hmm. Which one should I play first? I'll do the 20-second one first, yeah. The, do the 20-second one first. I'm not sure what screen it's going to show up on, so here, here we go. Okay, here we go. This is a box I got in the mail today. And uh, it is from the eBay Global Shipping Program. eBay Global Shipping Program. Let's find out. Oh, so that was a teaser. Yes. That was kind a of, teaser. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> we can see that it's from eBay Global, but we don't know what's inside. So maybe this can be our contest this week since oh, which by the way, I have to ship off the, the our um we have to ship off the prize now to the guy who won last week. 
our uh, VR buddy, Ben Drakes. But this is going to be, how about we make this a contest? Does anybody want to guess what's in the box? And if you guess right, you win a prize. Anyone want to guess? Talent. Talent. <laughs> Can we see the Obviously box? Obviously, didn't again? ship here. <laughs> you want to see? Okay, let's do this one more time. I'm going to show you the 20 second clip one more time. Okay, here we go. Oh, yeah, it's obvious now. <laughs> Brown cardboard, packing tape, eBay. You know what? I recognize those post-it notes. That's from Tomb Raider. They are, yes. I have those. I got those post-it notes with my deluxe set that I got. All right. CM8 monitor? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Okay, we have two guesses for a CM8 monitor. Anyone else want to guess anything? Has the has the guessing concluded? Well, it could it could be a Coco three with a uh, GT one one six in there. A GT one one six. Yeah, that was much better than a GT one one five too, from what I recall. So uh, isn't that the uh, thing you write with the stylus? What do you call it? Oh, the X-pad? X-pad. Yeah. X-pad. The GT one one six. Okay. I'm guessing a white color computer one with an MPI. And a DMP 105. Wow. Wow. <laughs> We're out there. That's okay. pretty specific. <laughs> I'm going to guess specific. one of the few remaining deluxe cocos. Oh. <laughs> Could be a box of cheese. I wish. <laughs> a box of what, Rod? <laughs> cheese Whiz. <laughs> cheese Whiz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was Jim Brain's uh, response in Discord earlier today because uh, I think Jason says I got a video of something unboxing and, and Jim's like oh yeah I've got some unboxing too I've got a box of like to shredded wheat that I'm gonna open up. <laughs> All right, so, Jason, so, you're in the US, are you? Yes, I am. So I'm coming from global. It must have come from overseas, right? Yes. Okay, so. Whether that gives any clues. Okay, I think final... it's a Japanese FMC. Okay, final guessing is in now. So we have a Japanese computer. We've got a Coco One. We've got a few CM8s. Any other final guesses? Go ahead, Mark. Dragon. Okay, Mark says a dragon. Okay. Uh, anyone else before we go ahead and play the video and see? What you know? What if MC it's an 10. MC10? Yeah, I was gonna say Jim Gary's <laughs> MC10 for the win. Okay. So this yeah. is the eight-minute video that's going to show off what's in the box. Reminds me of an old Andrew There's Dice Clay. There's a lot of stuff in the box. Related. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of an old Andrew Dice Clay. What's in the box? All right, so here we go. We're going to find out right now. So, Uh-oh, I see Frogger. What I thought was the top of the box. Apparently it wasn't. It was the side. Is that a magazine? Yeah, it worked. So we have Dragon User. Oh. We have the uh, September 1983 issue of Dragon User. The July 1983 issue of Dragon User. The November 1985 issue of Dragon User. The July 1984 issue of Dragon User. And the October 1983 issue of Dragon User. Okay. Let's see what's back here. Yeah. It's a dragon user. <laughs> oh, I've got some of those dragon joysticks. Relatively nice. The one is missing the plastic off the end. Dragon joysticks. Dragon sticks. 
A dragon power supply. <laughs> For a dragon <laughs> computer. I certainly don't have one. Dragon 32 AC adapter. Okay. 240 volts, 50 or 60 hertz. 240 volts. Where are we going to get that many volts from? Probably a little important. It's not easy. <laughs> You have to plug it into the dryer. Is it one of the red dryers? Yeah, you got to unplug your dryer or something for this thing. Well, that would be two phase, so that uh, wouldn't work. Uh, it has to be single phase 240. Uh, is it one of the red dragons? Here is a uh, UK style composite cable. Okay. And yes, I should have said RF. Uh, <laughs> holy crap, what's down there? Set tapes. Wow, lots of cassettes. Uh, yeah, so there's Ken Kalish, Devil Assault. Oh man, look at that. Uh, Monster Maths from Shards Software. Monster Maths, when one math doesn't do, you need more than one math. With monsters. Yes. Uh, whatever Dragon Selection 2 is. <laughs> so this is some kind of Christmas at your house, isn't it? Yeah. Case, yep. Franklin's Tomb. Wow. I love the artwork on these things. Here we have Dragon Chess. Dragon Chess. Here we have examples from Manual. And Ugh. Ugh. Chris Morris. Okay. There's obviously more in the box that we can't get to them right now. Because this is sitting on top of them. Yeah, I wonder, what could this be? Holy crap, there's more software underneath it. Yep. Alright, so this is where we're going to see if this is the Deluxe White Cocoa 1 with Multipack and DMP 100 printer right now. So. <laughs> so far I don't see a CM8 in there either. So. Or a box of shredded wheat. A <laughs> box of shredded wheat. <laughs> it isn't even an MC10. Not a plastic. Ooh, oh, Dragon 32. Dragon 32. Look at that. And this is not the uh, this is not the obnoxious American dragon it's either. Relatively nice nope. looking. Dragon 32. Look at that. Serial number 256788. But has it been perforated? It has not. And the warranty seal is not even broken. Nice. Wow. That's in really good condition. Man, it is. That aside, Does it smell good? It's got that new dragon smell. Yeah, Look at all those cassettes. Sure it storage for three years. You got a spit so ton of cassettes in there. Danger Ranger. Ah, more Danger. Ken Kalish. Ken did say he sold better in the UK than he did in the States. Uh. All this for ten dollars? <laughs> now, how much? Was, there's the king. Fearless Freddy. Android attack. Wow. Escape. Another Ken Kalish. Uh, Morocco. Morocco. How many cassettes in total did you get there, Jason? Thirty-five. Thirty-five. Cuthbert goes walkabout. Cuthbert goes walkabout. Holy cow. So you might have the single largest collection of physical dragon Earl's. software in the United States, huh? 
I might. Frogger, official, the official Frogger. Frogger. I think Ron is jelly Keys now. Of the wizard. Uh, oh. Keys of the wizard. Keys of the wizard. Looks like the Ron's budgeting for his next purchase. <laughs> Quest. Quest. My God. Pedro. Pedro. Oh yeah, the guy, that, that's not a stereotype there at all, right? A guy named Pedro who's a gardener. Pedro's diary. <laughs> From Shard Software. Here we go. Downland. Downland. Wow. Planet, Planet invasion. invasion. Army burgers. I've never heard of that one. Speed racer. Speed I racer. That's a license. Probably not. Pop star yeah. pilot. Space Monopoly. Space Monopoly, because <laughs> the only thing that makes Monopoly better is space. <laughs> space makes everything better. Is Franklin's yeah. Tomb. Franklin's Tomb. Software. That's a big box for that one, huh? Or is that a book? That's a box. So got, oh, cool. It's like they a, padded a it with cassettes. Whatever the case file is. Yeah, the cassettes was the packing. Was like the packing. <laughs> Pretty <case>. much. <laughs> <laughs> that thing comes with a little comic book there, yeah. Manual, and then there's Franklin's Tomb on cassette. Yeah, these cassettes will all shatter before your dragon suffers any damage. Yeah, <laughs> Transylvania, Transylvanian Tower. Ah, a spectacular look at that. 3D maze. Now how much you would you pay? Yeah, right. Uh, personal finance. Oh, gotta have that. And if that's just a clone of the He's gonna need that to figure out how much this cost him. And, I... <laughs> and a bulky racer. Dragon Trek. <laughs> That giant magnet. Yeah, yeah giant magnet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> magnet sold separately. Uh, Hyperdeal. Um, Dragon 3-2, Program Pack 5. Bagot. Bag Bowling conveyor belt. Crown and Anchor. Destroy, Diffuse, Looney Lander, Sound Analyzer, and Stock Market. I wonder if Sound Analyzer is anything like audio spectrum. Sound Analyzer is just a copy of a certain radio show program. Yeah. Uh, they don't even Jack pirate versions. This came a long way from Vegas. <laughs> this was. <laughs> and the chip shop. Basic code 2 plus. Wow. What the heck this is? Yeah, there's no such thing as piracy. It's it's what you call the original source code. Yeah, that would be it. Yeah. So yeah, Peter was packed pretty well. What it's a find there, huh? It looks like they made it, so I'm not gonna complain. Nope. Thank you very much for watching. Very cool. <laughs> and so now that this video has already been recorded and you've received all these, does everything check out okay? Well, I haven't tried all the tapes, but uh, yeah, the Dragon 32 works. Um, this is it right here. <laughs> what did you have? To, what do you have to do to get the power going for that? Like an inverter? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh picked up a couple of these little guys. So yeah, they're kind of small, but they're enough to power it. So that outputs uh 240 volt single phase 60 hertz ac and then i'm piping that through another plug adapter into the original dragon ac transformer um and that powers it up okay and then for video output i had to get a special din composite cable which i then plugged in via another adapter to those um scart to hdmi boxes that we all use and it manages to do PAL composite and I got video output from it that way. Wow. Looks like wow. crap, but it works. Okay. 
And you didn't get SARS or anything else by this. Uh, no, no, uh, no mail carrier uh, diseases or plagues or anything like that. So not so far. <laughs> it wasn't ticking when you got it or anything like that. Like that so uh, very cool, man. What a find. And so, did you order that from eBay UK? Did you go to the uh, the other site? Yeah, that was from eBay. Okay. Now, do you mind disclosing what that haul cost you, or do you want to keep that to yourself? I think U.S. It was 180. That's not bad. What was no, the shipping like? Though? Sh- <laughs> shipping was probably that was with that shipping. Much. That was with shipping. Uh, with shipping. That's a pretty so, sweet deal for all yeah. That. Even even for two hundred dollars with shipping, that that that's a really good dragon the joysticks and a ton of paraphernalia for it, huh? Did yep. you uh, did you mention your address? <laughs> Ron's gonna come have lunch with you. <laughs> I'm the enforcer. Uh, the enforcer. Yeah. He'll be coming yeah. with a U-Haul soon to have lunch. Yeah. How you doing? Oh man. <laughs> That, <laughs> that is something else. Did I? Uh, okay, so we're going to cancel that spotlight. That's cool. That's cool. All right, well, we've been filibustering here for, for over half an hour. we got more people to talk to, more things to talk about. But why don't we take a quick break, and we'll come back. We're gonna. I'm going to run a commercial break here. i got to see which commercial break I want to run. How about we run a commercial featuring Rick Adams and some retro swag? So we're going to do that. We're going to pause for a brief moment. Thank you, Jason Downs, for showing us that incredible box of dragon gear. And we'll be back here in about a minute and a half. So smoke them if you got them. Potty break. And we'll see you in a few. Hey, have you got your Coco 3 yet? Hi, this is Rick Adams author of Temple of Rom in Shanghai, and you've tuned into Coco Talk, the nation's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. What's going on, everybody? Original gamer Stevie Stroh here, and if you're a fan of vintage computing and retro gaming, then you're going to love our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com. There you will find custom designs by Instagram artist Joel M. Adams. You can get I'm a Coconut, Coco Talk, and other cool video game images on a t-shirt, coffee mug, or mouse pack. So if you love retro, then head on over to the retro swag shop at 8bit256.com today. Tell them the original gamer Stevie Stroh sent you. Radio Shack TRS-80 put the world of color computing into your home. Instant loading program packs turn any color TV into an exciting game arcade. And there's more. The color computer is an educational aid, a home management tool, and up-to-the-minute electronic information service. The programmable, expandable TRS-80 color computer from $399 only at Radio Shack, the biggest name in little computers. We now return you to Coco Talk. All right, and we're back. And there's a few people watching us on Facebook, too. Brian Schubering is in there asking for the link. James Jones was saying there, yeah, and there's 2,000 baskets of boom goodies. And JD just joined us. Jay says, hey, hello from Northeast England. Love the show. Thank you, JD. Thanks for being here, guys. Um, we are live on the internets. We have heard from some people that we don't hear from all the time. So we got to hear from David O'Connor. We got to hear from Jason Downs. Um, 
who else have we not heard from so far? Curtis Boyle, do you have anything new and exciting to tell us about your week and your world or anything else? No, not this week. All right. Well, that's good. Keep it short and sweet. Ron Vo, snacking on something over there. Anything new and exciting in your world, Ron? You know, besides being muted where we can't hear you? I am working on the um, next rainbow i'm assembling all ah yes i do have i did i did capture mark d overholzer's um update on that which i was going to share in a little bit so you're working on that that's good that's important work the world needs that uh mark bosley anything new and exciting with you this week no just repairing my dishwasher this week oh okay it's not a cocoa project but it could be (laughs) (laughs) yeah Jim Gary, how many programs have you ported to the MC10 since we started the show? 10? 20? <laughs> well, uh, just about, yeah. Uh, just about. Just about. Okay. And just about. And um, Brian Schubring, the music man, what, you, what are you cooking down there in your laboratory? Anything good? Crystal meth? <laughs> You're muted, Brian. I love it when people fumble around okay. for the. Uh, I have my mixer turned down, so my uh, <laughs> I'm uh, bl- pulling through on the line. I got everything right to my mix line. Um, just kind of tweaking the system a little bit, and uh, I don't know if ever, anybody ever saw how I got things set up uh, in my basement here with all my music. No, no. Are you able to pan things around? Uh oh, a peek inside the. Musical basement of Brian Shoebring, the music man. Okay. Heavy breathing is in effect. Great. Um, okay. What are we looking at back there? It looks like a, some type of mixer. whole bunch of cables. Uh, green yeah, light. Yeah, that's yeah, Coco back there. Coco. I'm, at, I'm on a leash mixer in my sense right down here. And that so okay that's what i got going here oh by the way mark mark d overholzer says it's looking good wish i could join can anybody tell me if the audio is synchronized a little better this week we had some really weird sync issues last week which unfortunately are not really fixable hopefully the audio uh seems to come out and sound around the the right time um very good thanks for sharing that little peek there behind the curtain there brian the music man james diffendaffer anything new and exciting with you this week in the past few weeks going once going twice okay no, uh, really. okay very very good um richard lorbieski any new products that you're working on any sales of boomerang boards going well anything good like that to tell us about <laughs> yeah, Thomas the Choo <laughs> train. The train has fallen off the oh, track there. there. Oh, sorry, the train wreck. Can you there hear you me go. now? We can hear you. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just got notified from standards and practices. <laughs> yeah, it's it reads that you you have no standards and keep practicing, you'll get past level one. <laughs> uh, uh, wow. Okay. Other than it, that, no, I don't have anything. New except for well, working on a real time clock, but we need to talk about that next week. <laughs> yes, okay. Well, apparently there needs to be a few of those in the market to now further 
you know. Oh yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna probably have a clock wars. We're just waiting for Ed Snyder to come. There's out. gonna be more clocks than sound chips at this point, right? So yeah, we, we'll, have we'll have more time. We'll have more real time clocks than time zones. <laughs> I'm just waiting for one of you guys to call the 25 hour clock. That's what I'm waiting for. Yeah. Yeah, this one goes to eleven. <laughs> well, this, one will, this one will calculate star dates. So there. <laughs> oh, and John Strong, maker of many things, large and small. Anything new with you, sir? And you're muted, by the way. Now you're unmuted. Okay. Yes, I just wait instead of background noises. Uh, well, for uh, Curtis Boyle, I did get some uh, uh, dual. Uh, LEDs in to test see if I can make a light in the uh, joystick uh, because the way it's wired a standard LED wouldn't work or you'd have to have two of them and uh, so I ordered uh, some bicolor LEDs and resistors to go with it now I got to find a place to put it in the case and redesign the case to take it and, and see how I'm going to secure it <laughs> Okay. okay, and the other thing is I've been toying with a, new, a design of a, a new Coco SDDs case. Oh. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, I'm doing black and white any, anyway, but uh, this is kind of the goal of the match some of the other design patterns that I've done with the uh, okay. MPIs and such. Okay. And so I've been working on that a little bit this week. A little bit more stylistic now than just the rectangle. You got yeah, some smooth it, lines and stuff there. It looks cool. Yeah, well, that you know, basically it was close to my first design. The other one was, and so basically, good design, nice and functional. Uh, not as fancy looking as it possibly could be. Okay. But, uh, uh, now it's looking a little bit nicer. I'm liking the way the direction is going. And so we're in the process of doing that. And I've got some better software than what I had before. And I, was a, I had done this actually a long time ago. And uh, But every time I go to make a minor change on it, I basically have to redraw it because the software was kind of flaky. Now I've got some better software. So I'm revisiting okay. that project. Um, analog uh, joystick controller, the modules are ordered, at least a few of them. We'll see how long it takes them to get here from China, and uh, and I'll have a have enough to make at least a few. Okay. And so, just other than that, we've been pretty busy. A lot of other things going on this week, so not a whole lot of cocoa stuff. Okay. And uh, but a little bit, you know. This was like this is something I could do without pulling out the soldering iron and and things like that. And of course I was waiting for those LEDs. It's just arrived this week. So so we'll see if we can get that light in it so you can you can tell. The explanation is because I'm switching the voltage direction back and forth and between off, I really need a way to indicate which direction it was. And by using the bicolor uh, you can see which way the uh, buttons are aligned too, because each direction of the button will have its own color. Hmm. Okay. Neat. Okay. Cool. Very, very cool. 
Uh, he hasn't said he's been working on the real time clock either. Have you have you have you worked on a real time <laughs> clock at all this week, John Strong? I mean, you know, I got the module. I could drop it in the joystick, but you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> do you want to man with that too? <laughs> I mean, if 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 you need more time, just add another clock to the project. Which <laughs> <laughs> which joystick it's coming in on every thirty yes. seconds? Some of the really confused players and and uh, paul thayer you still with us paul he's muted see if we give him a minute to come in here if you if you hear us paul, there we go he's back yeah i can hear you hey anything new and exciting with you uh no not really i'm just getting stuff ready for uh coco fest yeah yeah we showed off and maybe it was a week ago or two we showed your little thing for your faceless warriors that's looking really good shaping up nice I'm working on that uh, pretty consistently. I had to come up with some different things to break basic to get it to work. And then uh, Erico Montiero, I think his last name is. Okay. Really cool backgrounds for the game. Pretty exciting. Yeah. But, yeah, just been working on that, getting that to work. It should be done here hopefully soon. <laughs> if you needed something broken, you could have called David Ladd. Oh, I'm yes. much happier yes. breaking stuff. Yes, and... And by the way, yesterday was David Ladd's birthday, everybody. So maybe we should all get together and sing a happy birthday song to David Ladd. Uh, he wants not, to sing? Yeah, we're going to sing happy birthday. Now, because, <laughs> because, um, Please don't. Please be don't. Because we're on Zoom chat and there's a delay and there's the internet, it's going to be a nice echoey train wreck of non-talented <laughs> old white guys trying to sing happy birthday here. So um, I'll start it off here. Is it a copyright violation? Uh, you know what? No, screw you, screw YouTube and screw <laughs> copyrights. But yeah, I'm I'm willing to burn in hell for David Ladd. So um, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna kick yep. this off in the count of three, and we're gonna sing Happy Birthday to my you uh, wave the twenty cents. Yeah, <laughs> to my my snuggle buddy David Ladd. So three, two, one. <laughs> Happy birthday, birthday to you, cha-cha-cha. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you, what a train wreck. Happy birthday, David Ladd. Happy birthday to you. Wow. Okay, that... Coco Talk style. That's a perfect example of what... Now listen, and that it's pretty well describes the uh, sound chip market on the Coco right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, was that that was that was being projected on the Game Master cartridge, the uh, PSG, and the Mega MPI all at the same time. <laughs> um, and approved by standards and practices. <laughs> Say it's your birthday. There you go. There, music. All right. There we go. So he just redeemed us there. Yeah, it's one thing to do a C load M. Nobody's going to complain about that noise. But the minute we all get together and sing, it's uh, <laughs> nails on a chalkboard. So I think uh, that it's filed under assault and battery or something. Yes, like that. yes, yes. <laughs> it's a hate crime. Diego has just joined us. Go, Diego, go. How are you? I don't know what did I just jumped into. I we're, mean, I just well, we got, we got you know what it is. It's let's see, we have four, eight, twelve, thirteen. I make fourteen. So right now you are the fourteenth harmony. I believe now this is the perfect mix of voices. Let's try this again one more time. We're gonna take it from the top. Oh. This time oh, with God. feeling. 
let's, <laughs> let's not and say we didn't. All right. <laughs> the cats will start howling at us. Yeah. Anyways, David Ladd, if you're out there, we love you and we wish you a happy birthday. Uh, <laughs> He's probably sleeping again. Yeah, yeah. I tried calling him twice yesterday at different times, and he texted me this morning saying, oh, I'm sorry I missed your call. I was sleeping. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I called you in the morning. I called you in the afternoon. What's going on, man? It's going to be rough to be living the life of David Ladd. Um, all right. Well, is there have uh, Diego, we haven't heard from you. What's going on with you in your world yeah. and, and everything else? Yeah, not much. I mean, just a lot of work, and I've been trying to – uh, bring back the uh, Asimov Awards. Yeah. Some of you might have heard about that. Yeah. I did them while I was in the States back in 2006. Okay. So. And uh, I should do something more, but yeah, I haven't had the, the chance yet. The idea is mostly to have a, a coding contest. Uh, okay. There was, there was some talk about that. Uh, somebody wanted a monthly one. Somebody wanted one just for basic programs or stuff like that. I think we can start with a yearly one with different categories. Yeah. So if you want to write a basic program, go ahead. If you want uh, machine language or if you want, hey, you can do it in C sure. or you can do it in basic 09. Or fourth. And we can open as, as many categories as, as we may need. And, and who's going to uh, judge and what's the prize? Um. I'm going to be one of the judges. I hope that somebody from Glenside is also going to to join me being a judge. Okay. And Are um, you going to be there this year? Are you, com- are you coming? No, not this year. I okay. hope next. I hope that for 2020. Okay. But not this year. I know a and, really uh, good uh, I know a really good pizza place that has no seating if you'd like to go to that <laughs> one so. <laughs> <laughs> uh the MC, yeah, Sorry? we had MC10 last year. Ron Delvo brought an MC10. Yeah, yeah, we can do, we can do MC10. Very good. Yeah. Uh, Nick Morota uh, says he's going to do one in logo. <laughs> go for it. Logo on the logo. Yeah. Oh man, I I used to love logo. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those were the days, yeah. and um, no, I was going to to offer a uh, hundred dollars so Glenside could buy some trophies and stuff like that. Okay. To give to whoever participates, and I was wondering if I could include also somehow uh, the people from Brazil, because sure. they do have a kind of large community there. Yeah. And I've been following their group in Facebook, and they've been talking about. Yeah, nobody's doing any new software for the Coco, any new games. And then all of a sudden, they started finding, figuring out everything that's going on. And they said, okay, yeah, a lot of things are going on. Mm. That, is so, those, that information has not made its way to Brazil, apparently. So, yeah. No, things. not that much. Yeah. They, cool. Very yeah. cool. Well, that, that would be interesting to see. And, um, yeah, you never know. I know there's been lots of talks before about a programming challenge or, uh, you know, or code yeah. off at Coco Fest. There was somebody had suggested one year to do like a, a multiplayer color robot battle where people could all 
program the robots to fight each other. So there's been a lot of suggestions on things. Last year, we at least had a high score thing going where people could play games and try to get a high score and write your score. Yeah. Um, especially when you use a Sharpie on a dry erase board, that score stays up there forever. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> so we were capturing uh, some, uh, some high scores last year. So yeah, it's good to get some type of um, activity where people are involved. Um, so I like that yeah. idea. There's a 10-liner contest going on right now, but I didn't notice any Coco entries yet. Mm, Davey Mitchell's been doing a lot of stuff like that, hasn't so, he? Or is it Davey Mitchell or Davey Jones? Yeah. I think it was Davey Mitchell, right? Um, yeah, yeah, I like yeah. seeing that kind of stuff. Right, yeah, I, I, I did not want to to do something something that could be so limiting as having yeah, a, yeah, just, you know, just... 10-line or whatever. But if we get enough entries and enough people participating, then we could have different categories. We could have one for basic programs up to, up to 10 lines and yeah, whatever. <laughs> Who the hell's got okay. a cat? That's what? my cat. Sorry, <laughs> he's coming. He's here. Sounds like he wants my attention. <laughs> Sounds like it's that time of month. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Either that is, or, or the cat just heard her singing from earlier. That's yes. I think you can keep it late in the party, but <laughs> yeah, well, you, you, you definitely fit right in if you've got an if you've got an animal to have with you on the show. So that's good. That's good. Um, excellent, excellent, excellent. Well, we're very happy to have you here, Diego. Diego's in the future. So for me, it's nine p.m. right now. What is it for you? Eleven o'clock. Uh, yep. Yeah, so Diego, Nick Marentes awesome. is way in the future. You're you're on Sunday afternoon right now, right, Nick? Yeah, it's uh, 12, uh, well, it's noon. Noon. On wow. Sunday, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, so, uh, I've, got, I've got the lower results and everything, so. Yes, very good, very good. Well, we have, uh, mm. we have a... Um, we have a significant amount of news articles to cover, um, many of which will be featuring more music, especially music on the Game Master cartridge. Been a few things about but that floating around this week. Um, other things to talk about, the Rainbow Magazine to talk about, and so much more. So maybe before we get into our news segment, I'll run another commercial break here so we can potty. That way Ron Delvo doesn't have to ask if we can uh, go to the bathroom. We can just go. So let's see here. We ran the Retro Swag commercial... How about I, I can't get enough of the cocoa dew. However, is Bruce still with us? Or did we lose Bruce? We lost Bruce. So, but I do. I want to play a Forest of Doom commercial, which features Bruce more on it. So, here's a little bit of Forest of Doom. So, smoke him if you got him. Go potty, and we'll be back in just a minute. <laughs> Hey, this is Bruce Moore, author of Force of Doom, and you're watching the original gamer, Stevie Strope. Only the bravest souls enter. Only the most cunning return. Defeat innumerable monsters to ransom the king's scepter, stolen by the evil wizard. Your sword, shield, and wits are your only allies. Pray you find a magical inn as your only respite in the forest of doom. For the tiny color computer one, two, and three. November 2017, if you dare. It 
It's a Radio Shack Merry Christmas. Oh, I remember that Christmas. Dad gave me my first shortwave radio from Radio Shack. What memories. This Christmas, we got our son's color computer three from Radio Shack. It hooks right up to our TV and was on sale for less than $130. The color computer three makes learning fun. Jimmy even lets me use it for word process. When he isn't playing computer games. Lucky I still got my shortwave. Save $70 on the sale-priced Color Computer 3, only at Radio Shack. We now return you to Call Talk. All right, we're back, and we still got our shortwave, so that's a good thing. Um, so we're here. Welcome back, everybody. So I think what we're going to do... Um, oh, don't get, don't ask me how to pronounce do. How do how do we pronounce do in Coco do? <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it. Anybody can help me educate me in the proper pronunciation of do? Jim Gary, where's Jim Gary? Jim, how do yeah. we say cook? Do? Yeah. Okay, I'm just trying to like mimic what they say on this commercial. I'm just trying to say it how they how it sounds with them. But what do I know? I know nothing, and that is the path to enlightenment. All right, so we're going to queue up some news here, boys and girls. i got to find it, and it seems like this has just been this really weird thing, but whenever I go to do my news segment area, which I can't even find. i got so much crap on my thing here. It, uh, it doesn't show up. You see how this is not showing up right now? And, like, every single time I go to do that, I've got to, like, fix it. Uh, so let me see if I can fix it here real quick because this is a professional show here. Now we can see it. Now we are ready for news. So let's cue some music by lovely Curtis Boyle here. Let's hit uh, button four here. Woo. Yeah. All right. So, we got news, boys and girls. We got news for days. So, um, and I'm just going to um, just go through this stuff here as I found them. But uh, Sheldon MacDonald, speaking of music, I promised you music. We've got more music on the show. So, so Sheldon says that um, I got my MIDI to Game MasterCart running. And in the background, too, I got two videos, although I don't know if the links are correct. I found one of the videos, and I just got it past the part where he was typing in all these peaks, pokes, and execs. And I'm going to hit play where we can actually start to hear some music. But this is Coco 3 MIDI Player Part 2 um, playing on the Game Master cartridge. So give this a listen here, boys and girls. <coughs> And it's running in the background. He can type in list. And he's got a program running now that's counting on the screen. What do you guys think of that? We got background music. He's running a program. He's listing a program. He's poking while the music's playing. Is this possible? Is this legal? Have we broken laws? Have we, bro have we broken laws here? Well, that's kind of cool. It's still going. It's still going. It's like the Energizer Bunny. It's still going. 
So that's kind of cool when you think about it. That he, whatever he did, I don't know what he did if it's sorcery or black magic or something, but he got music to play in the background while he could still <laughs> list his program and run his program. No idea it how that's it, possible. Timer, it sounds, like, sounds like maybe a buffering sort of thing where there's a, a buffer memory in the in the game master card. Yeah, it's an interrupt-driven player. An yeah. interrupt-driven player. Okay. Because it takes very little CPU time for the sound generation, right? So we can just. Yeah, I'm guessing that. using in the 60s. So. Yeah, I think he was at the one I was helping out. He was asking on uh, on Facebook for help with finding a bug. Okay. <laughs> so I just thought that was kind of neat. Um, and then this is a great little production here too. Myra, has anybody listened to the Coco Crew podcast yet? I know it just just dropped, but I got a chance to catch up on it a lot of great myro bits in there i tell you what i want to give myro a big round of applause right now where's my applause button um but but two months in a row he's had these schoolhouse rock things that are just this blew my mind so last month he had one about strings you guys all remember schoolhouse rock right so he had a schoolhouse rock one last month talking about strings and how string can be a numeric or or or, very, or you know uh, text string. Um, this month he had one about counting in hexadecimal. He had a schoolhouse rock thing about counting in hexadecimal. And I'm like, how could you do it? Well, Myro found a way, and it's just pure Myro gold. So um, really cool stuff. The, uh, actually, I w- I'm going to send feedback to the Coco crew, and I need to ask them to put in the show notes when there is a a commercial break because i want to be able to fast forward and go back to those parts too i want to be able to hear the myro parts um so they need they need to now kind of timestamp the breaks too because sometimes i will fast forward past some segments of news if it's something i'm already familiar with and move on um but i don't want to miss myro stuff so i'm going to ask them in my feedback to definitely show note every little Myro break in the show because I believe that's important. Not only that, I believe they should have a best of Myro episode where they just play all of his bits. You know, I could listen to four hours of Myro content, honestly. It's it's quality <laughs> entertainment. So so uh, round of applause there. And speaking of Myro, as I'm singing his praise, he put together a commercial for uh, the latest uh, Farfall Master Edition. New from Retro Tinker, Farfall Master Edition, a ROM pack game for your Tandy Color Computer 1, 2, and Dragon. Leap from platform to platform to stay alive. Stay on too long and you're crushed. Miss the platform and plummet to your demise. Farfall Master Edition features multi-channel audio generated right from the cartridge using Retro Tinker Game Master cartridge technology. The platforms change color and get faster on each level. Easy to learn, difficult to master. Stunning SG-12 color graphics. Farfall Master Edition features digitized voice. High score. Enter your initials for the high high score, score. just like real arcade machines. High score. Does that sound like anybody you recognize, that voice? Real arcade action from Retro Tinker. So when's it going to get ported to the MC-10? <laughs> uh, Jim Gary has made a far fall for MC-10, haven't you, Jim? I have, yeah. The yeah. Little, it's a 10-liner, I think. Wow. So that's kind of cool. Quite as advanced. It doesn't have uh, sound technology built into it. 
<laughs> so, um, so JD, uh, was Jay with us in the live chat too? I don't remember. But JD, somewhat new to Facebook, was asking any UK Coco users fam familiar with Input Magazine, where you could type, had a lot of type in basic programs. So, anybody here on the panel or watching live remember this? This looks kind of interesting. Anyone? Anyone? Going once? I, I read a lot of them when they were. I, they were. There's a lot of them in Portuguese that were on the net for a very long time. I was reading those oh, five yeah? years ago, but wow, yeah. interesting. I didn't realize yeah. there was British ones. Yeah, yeah, and I think that question came up. I think it was Paul Thayer too. Paul was gonna possibly have um, a uh, a thing where you could, you know, for the new rainbow that we're working on. When I say we, not me, but um, that other people are working on. Um, but how about we submit a little program that for to type in and I'm definitely, I think that's great because that was in the original rainbow. And even if nobody wants to type it, I believe there's a place for that and it should be there. There should be a little type in program in any future, you know, rainbow uh, cocoa production, my opinion anyways. So now this looks kind of cool input, especially designed for the Sinclair ZX spectrum, 16, 48 K, 128 K Commodore 64 and 128. Acorn Electronics, BBC, B, and B+, and Dragon 32 and 64. In addition, many of the programs and uh, uh, could be su su suitable for Sinclair, Commodore VIC-20, Tandy Color Computer 32K, and Extended Color Basic. So there is a chance that um, that will happen. Yeah, Neil, we did. We just got them playing the Farfall Master Edition. I'm not sure if you were here before, Neil Blanchard, but we just... We actually literally displayed that. So, yeah. Um, so, very cool. So, yeah, I like that. And I'm, I'm, I wonder if these things are archived anywhere because I wouldn't mind seeing some of these programs. I think that looks kind of cool. Compute Gazette is archived. That was a similar one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Computer, remember, I don't remember input. Nah. Now, it, Brian. I, they've, they've, got them all, they've got all the Portuguese ones, but they don't have the English ones. Hmm. Now, the actual programming itself, the... Basic is basic. That's the interesting thing about basic. Basic is technically still an English language, right? The commands like print, yeah. go to. Most, yeah, but most very of the stuff. Like, <laughs> and the comments and stuff, uh, whatever they're printing might not be in English. Yeah, like the text language, the, the text is being printed on the screen. Like the direction. Do you want to read the direction? It doesn't, yeah. Input doesn't have a lot of uh, full programs, though. They're mostly just like demonstrations and... Uh, exercises and uh, examples for like learning so okay. it's not really a like full program no mm. oh you but know it's what? good We're... if you want to learn because it's got lots of... yeah i'm not seeing you guys you guys aren't showing up in the news right now but that's okay i know that that's important all right so brian weasler who i thought was going to be here brian weasler had more stuff to show off so that was going to be another box of goodies to show off but he's not here but Brian Weaser gave his two cents on, on eBay shopping, and I don't want to just reread what was already there. I thought it would have been better to hear it in his own his own words if he was here. And Brian also mentioned he was going to have a box of goodies to show off, but he's not here, so we'll skip that for the next time Brian's on the show. Um, Paul Shoemaker, I thought this was interesting. So I guess Paul Shoemaker must have sold a cocoa on eBay, and he says he thinks it may have made its way onto that TV show called The Goldbergs, which takes place in the 80s. So that might be kind of interesting to see a Coco on TV. I know there's, um, what, what is it, from the uh, Young Sheldon series where they take place in Radio Shack. I don't know if anybody's seen any Tandy Co Cocos on that show. I haven't watched it. 
um, that spinoff for the Big Bang Theory. Tanning 1000. Okay, Tanning 1000. So that might be neat if we see the cocoa on a on a modern eight. You know, it would have, the perfect place to have seen it would have been like in Stranger Things when they had the yes. whole little Radio Shack in there. Um, that would have been kind of cool. So we'll have to wait and see if that actually shows up, and maybe somebody can screen capture that um, thing from the Goldberg. So that might be kind of cool to see. Uh, this one I really got a kick out of. So <laughs> the uh, the Coco Mafioso, right? So Nick's neighbor Chad uh, posted this stuff here. So he's kind of memed some of us here. So he's got Ed Snyder as the brains. And uh, he's got me as the kingpin. I don't even know where the hell that picture um, came from. Oh, JD's in the chat. He is here. Hey, Jay. Um, then we have Nick Morentes, the architect. And you notice how Nick's picture looks the same in every place he goes. So <laughs> he's always standing in front of those freaking mountains there. So um, do upside down. Yeah. Uh, then we got John Linville, the master, and Simon Jonason, the madman. And Rondell vote now, Ron. I've got a follow up to this one that looks better because Ron did it with him pointing down the barrel of a gun. So Rondell Moe, the enforcer, Paulie T, the Paul Thayer, Paul Thayer, the Slayer. That rhymes. I like that, right? With a big ass beer in his hand there. <laughs> uh, Bruce Moore, the Doomsman. Uh, that's cool. And then we got the brains, Ed Snyder. So I just thought that was really funny, and I think some comments of uh, is that Dennis. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Felix, and then uh, Neil Blanchard. Uh, Neil Blanchard, cheap Canadian labor. <laughs> uh, and then here's one of Nick's other neighbors here. So this is Brian Palmer. It looks like he got the crap beat out of him there. He definitely looks like an enforcer right there. Right here yeah, he I is. Yeah, think he uh, up going to dark alley or something. Yeah, like Brian the Bruiser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so very cool stuff, and I think there's a there's a couple there's a few more that made their way down the pike. So I thought that was really funny. Another one I forgot to bookmark it, but um, somehow the the conversation I I got known as the saint of the cocoa or something like that, and then Antonio Jimenez made a picture of me with a beard oh, holding God. the cocoa, and it was just really <laughs> disturbing to see that yeah. picture. It was Very so disturbing. it was really really like my eyes are like burned from looking at it. Did you see Richard's comment about your uh, picture? I don't remember. No, just in the chat here. Oh no, no. What did he say? Where? And, oh, stroke the village idiot. Curtis <laughs> Moore, <laughs> <laughs> the Kaiser Suze. Uh, yes. So here, somebody found this one here. Rob Ivy posted this in Facebook. He found an actual Tandy leather place that's still open, huh? That was the parent company that ended up buying Radio Shack, right? So. I remember these as a kid. I remember buying some kits where like a knife holder. I actually got a leather knife sheath thing that I put together from my dad as a gift one time where you like you you got the little hammer and you engrave stuff into the leather and you stain the leather and you had the string where you stitch it all together. I remember making a tandy leather kit at one point in time. And that that you know, they ended up buying Radio Shack. It's hard to imagine. So there's still one out there and this is in Texas, I think he said, right? In Fort Worth. Yay. So cool stuff. I think we still have one here in Saskatoon too, if I remember correctly. Yeah. I haven't been to it in years, but I think it's still here. Very cool stuff, right? So are they, um, this, are they the same guys that uh, selling all the cocoa stuff on eBay? 
there's a tandy leather back on eBay or on where's the, there was an auction when the Tandy Corporation liquidated all the leftover assets. Yeah, and no, I'm pretty sure it's on eBay itself. There's a user called Tandy Leather Factory, and there's quite often got um, cocoa. Oh, really? Oh, there's a there's yeah. a there's an eBay seller called Tandy Leather. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, I I don't know the relationship there. I don't know if they just stole the name or if they're actually. Um, now, interesting enough, too, now, so Tandy Corporation that sells computers is still a live company in the U.K., and that's Darren Grant. So Tandy Computers or Tandy Technology, whatever it's called, that, that company still exists. The Radio Shack stores, they're kind of out of business for the fourth time. But Tandy Tech, I'll call it, Tandy Corporation, that's still a current company in the U.K., and Darren Grant started that. Um so, yeah, that's kind of cool. I thought that was neat to see that. Um, dang it, dang it, dang it. I oh, there still is a Radio Shack because I bought this shirt from Radio Shack. Yeah, Radio yeah, Shack online. online now. Yeah. yeah. But the, so Radio Shack had a brief life in Hobby Lobby. And then I just saw Jason, the Coca Man, posting that Hobby or Hobby Town or Hobby Light. They're going out of business now. So it's just like, I don't know, it's the kiss of death, right? No, I think it's just that <laughs> store only. Oh, just because uh, it's in Jason's neighborhood? I don't know. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah they had uh, standards. Uh, they had standards. Now, this one here, okay, Chris Collings or Coolings, he says, just a quick note to say thank you for accepting me. I've been a member of, for about a month, and this is my first post. Um, it's not a Cocoa, but it's got a Dragon 64 that was built by Base Galapos. I don't know what that means, though, when it was built by him. Um, does anybody know what that means? Was this the person that... that is he mentioning the actual designer of this computer? Or Maybe what? he is, upgraded it. Or is this a lower profile, Coco? I'm not sure. I, or Dragon, I can't tell. So I'm not sure what he means by that, that it was... It, I think it, that's the guy that owns a, a Gamma Computing, and he might have like rebuilt it or... or okay, it. so it was built by... Okay, yeah, because it looks it's like a slender. Pretty. It looks slender. They transferred production to Spain uh, at the end of it, so maybe it's one okay. of the last ones. Yeah, the Dragon 200 uh, was a lower-profile case, but I'm not sure that's what that was. It said Dragon 64 on the thing, but it was real. It looked real. It looks real slim, right? It doesn't look as wide, does it? Yeah. It's no, it's slim. a Dragon 64. It's just a. It's. Yeah, it has vents on the top, so it's not a Dragon uh, Okay, 200. that might just be what it looks like. Here's another one here, too, yeah. Yeah, it looks good, though. It almost looks like a Commodore 64 with these color patterns here, right? So um, so that's cool. So welcome. Welcome to the group. Um, this one I thought was kind of cool. So for those of you, most of you are probably familiar with Evan Wright, right? And Evan is, um, he teaches computer science and video game stuff to high school students. He mentioned he brought a Coco 2 to school. Uh, by coincidence, one of my students was working on Dungeons & Dragons, so I showed him Paul Shoemaker's Dungeon Crawl. He really liked it, so I let him play for the whole period. How cool of a teacher is that? Oh, you like this game? Here to spend your entire class playing this game. <laughs> I mean, it's a class about uh, computer science, so that's kind of cool, right? Um, and, and, and he said he mentioned... So Evan Wright has this tool where you can write your own adventure game, and then it will outport it to um, run on different retro systems, Coco being one of them. So um, he mentions that he's got that running on the 64-column mode 
um, on the Coco VGA on his adventure game. So that looks kind of cool. And this is a class that I would have liked to have been in back in the 80s. And this is a definitely a class I'd like to be in today where your teacher brings you a Coco with a Coco VGA and lets you work on your own adventure games and stuff like that. That's pretty cool, right? That's a school I'd like to go to. So Yeah, I have to agree. Yeah. That would be fun. So thank you for stimulating young minds on old technology there, Evan Wright. You're fighting a good fight there. So that's very, very cool. Um, here's the picture. Here's the better picture of Ron Delvo, the enforcer. <laughs> Go ahead, make my day. <laughs> I, love the, I love the smiley in the end of the barrel. Yeah. Well, uh, I have to explain. I had to do that because uh, my wife wasn't really happy with it. Ah. And, well, how about I do this then? And she goes, eh. Your Shrug. wife did not. Your wife wasn't happy with you pointing again. Well, that's a that's a no. that's a decent woman, uh, right? So that's very cool. So good job there, Ron Delvo. Always, uh, always on point here with his graphics arts. That that's definitely a good one to fit in with the Coco Mafioso there. So that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. um, David O'Connor was here so we got that one david joined us he said he's looking forward to joining the show he's got his cocos he's got his coco sdc so um there we go we got that um this was the unboxing videos that i downloaded so we got those uh retro challenge is a go and it and it might be over i'm not sure the last day of february uh if you haven't already done so take a look at retro challenge stay tuned from john linville okay it's in march is it in March? Okay, so the challenge starts in March? I think so. Okay. That starts okay. beginning and ends at end of March. Okay. All right, so go to let's let's go let's take a look at the site here, Retro Challenge entrant list. So, uh list of below is competitors joining us on uh the March event. Yeah, 2019-03. So, we have um Mateo is here. Mateo's Mark D. Overholzer is here. Um, Jeff Pipe Meyer. I plan to build a second prototype of an Atari 8 bit cartridge interface adapter. Very cool. Uh, Mackay. Uh, the first retro challenge I would like to make an information or demo for the Home Computer Museum in um, Netherlands. Okay, that's cool. Dustin Johnson, Compact's first computer, the Compact Portable One. Well, I'm turning it into a supercomputer utilizing the stock hardware as the terminal. Interesting. Um, release a new programming language for the Apple IIGS called Mumps, character-based interpreter including tutorial documentation and YouTube training videos. Launching a retro software company I always wanted as a kid. Um, interesting. A lot of stuff going on here. Uh, a simple Pong style game for which system? It was written in basic. Uh, man, there's just a bunch of stuff going on here. So there's a lot of people who are planning on doing stuff here for Retro Challenge. So let me put that link in. Man, there's just tons of stuff here. I don't even feel like reading anymore because I'm getting a headache having to use my brain this much. But cool stuff. Lots of stuff for Retro Challenge. Bottom. What's that? I'm at the uh, bottom. <laughs> oh, are you at the bottom? Well, we got to get to Jim Gary. Let's get to Jim Gary. Um, Jim Gary. So, my usual, working on porting some programs to the MC-10. <laughs> Type-ins mostly. <laughs> Cheese, mushroom invasions, and convoy. I will try to blog about them. 
World and some of my other recent yeah yeah type ins uh, somebody's got to type them in right all right so let me put yeah. that link to retro challenge in the live chat so if somebody wants to pull up that one we'll do that um the last thing that i had uh, on my news although i missed one is that you know the coco crew has dropped this month so make sure you check out the coco crew at cococrew.org in episode 45 is the latest one and this is what i love i love being able to go to the show notes and then i can see where i need to fast forward to sometimes like for example i knew that you know talking about the agd stuff i already knew about that stuff so i could kind of fast forward past some of the things so i like that i can fast forward through stuff because their show notes um let me know about that um, but one of the things I am going to ask them to do is to put in the show notes whenever there's a break because I never want to miss a Miro moment. I always want to make sure I know where the Miro stuff is because if I fast forwarded through all these AGD stuff and I missed a Miro commercial, I, w I would never forgive myself. So a lot of stuff going on there. Um, they got into some discussions of the new light gun thing and, and this uh, wireless converter for the Sega Genesis uh, controller that could plug into the Coco converter, all kinds of stuff. Um, dungeon crawl, they talked about. Um, host discussion, is eBay too low class for serious connectors? Hey, Paul Shoemaker's here. Um, I love the interview. Did anybody listen to the interview with, with Bill Bernico? Yeah great interview um i i started listening to the tech segment but you know I, you know me i have a really hard time listening to technical stuff so i couldn't finish listening to that just because my head exploded so um i did listen to the farfall edition and we have played the myro commercial for that so that sounds good i'm looking forward to getting my hands on an updated copy of farfall so make sure you check out the coco crew podcast each and every month at cococrew.org um that is the stuff that i had to cover did i miss anything is there something you guys feel that we need to share that the world needs to know about it was a little bit about uh ed snyder's um mega mini mpis and the sound chip in his, his tracker that he was he's developing for it yeah um, i don't know whether that was spoken about in the last episode i haven't listened to that yet but uh, uh... I think we've showed it once or twice, but um, matter of fact, here's a comment from Ed that just showed up in Facebook. Matter of fact, this comment is on your video or in your post about the Coco joining Coco Talk today. Oh, um, okay. uh, you're talking about how you couldn't get him to turn on and you had to replace the VDG or something like that. Okay. So, yeah, I think we have shown that in the past. Oh, now here's Jason Down's video. So, our world premiere has been leaked now, so everybody can see Jason's videos. Um, Here's Jason Down sharing our show. I'm actually watching the show. Here, here, here's something interesting here, guys. Here's a little inception moment here for you. So right now, live on Coco Talk, you can watch Coco Talk live on Coco Talk live as we're live right now. So this is <laughs> <laughs> this is the show that Jason shared on the uh, on the Facebook page. So there we go. Here's Jim Gary's ten line programming. On what is this the program that you had on your screen there too, uh, Jim? Um, uh, probably not. I, I thought I could. This yeah, is it's, the, it's, uh, this it's, is a tech adventure. It's what now? Because that looks very similar to what's on the Facebook page right now. But no? What is that uh, picture behind you there? This is a text adventure. A text adventure. Okay. Yeah. Vesposian, uh, uh, affair. It's okay. uh, pretty big. Okay. Well, it looks cool. It definitely looks yeah, cool. Okay. It's, uh, 
it's a lost program. I think uh, people will be interested in it if they're into text adventures. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, I uh, all right, so I can't find anything recent from Ed Snyder, and I'm not going to scroll through 400 uh, posts on Facebook, but I know we have covered some of that stuff recently. We even showed the Jim Brain um, chip, uh, Jim Brain's uh, chip working on that thing. So I can't find that right now. But what else do we need to talk about? What else do you guys want to talk about right now? I just covered a few things I remembered to bookmark this week. Anybody else think of something that happened this week we should be discussing? The really oh, you said we already covered the AGD oh, 22 sorry. pack. Sorry, go ahead. Go no. ahead, David. Yeah, I was just going to say one of the one of the reasons I bought up uh, Ed Snyder's mini MPIs is I actually have two of them in the mail on the way to my place right now. Ah, you've ordered um, not one but two. Yeah, I've got the two Cocos here, so I each have to have an, a mega, <laughs> mega MPI. Um, it's part of the project to interface all this synthesizer equipment um, ah. with the Coco. So okay. I'm planning on actually using some of the features that that, um, that Ed is developing for his tracker. Um, and use that as a master player to actually control the synthesizers. So I'm looking wow. at using the sound chip, the Yamaha sound chip, on the Mega MPI and make another interface for that as well. Um, so I'll be beta testing some of the functions that, that uh, Ed is developing in his tracker. So, oh, wow. Yeah, just something to, to fit in with the whole music theme of, of the program. So, yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And that chip sounds, not, not only does that chip sound really good, I'm going to keep saying it. I think that chip sounds too good for the Coco, but it's a good sounding chip. Um, it is It is in the Coco Air, though. It was out when the Coco 3 came out. So Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. It, and that's a damn good sounding chip. And that would be really cool to get some performance stuff going off on that. Um, well, that chip itself, the, uh, the FM chip in, well, that Yamaha FM chip, is based on the same technology as the Yamaha DX7, which was introduced in 1983. Okay. Um, I've actually still got, I don't know whether I can switch over my camera. Here, but let me just see if I can Plus, I think the original Sound Blaster used a similar chip, didn't it? Uh, yes, uh, similar, yeah. And that came out in 85 or 86, I think, so. Let's see if this works. Yeah, okay, there we go. Um, and then over there, that's... The keyboard on the top is a Roland Juno 6, um, okay. which started off my journey. The one in the middle is the Yamaha SY77, which was basically a, a whole bunch of DX7s on steroids with a sampler built in. And the third one down, which is above the piano, um, that is a DX7, the original um, Mark One DX7 there. Okay. Um, so the, uh, yeah, the original uh, the sound chip in the Mega MPI is based on that technology, basically. Oh, wow. Neat. Yeah, no, it's a damn good sounding chip. Can't, I can't take that. Yeah, the, I mean, the DX7 was all over the, the music of the 80s. It was, uh, it was uh, any top 40 hit that you hear on the radio from about 1983 or 1984 onwards has probably got a uh, DX7 on it somewhere. Like, you know, Danger Zone, and, you know, that's the, the bass line on that, and Tina Turner, that harmonica sound that she yeah. did. In, um, what wow. was the song that was done on a DX7? Um, but yeah, it was that synthesizer literally took over the world and was one of the most popular synthesizers in its day. Wow! Very very cool. Screenshot of Bill Nibbles. Van Halen Jump was on that too. Uh, not on the DX7. That was on a uh, an Oberheim OBXA. Um, 
which was an analog synthesizer, uh, which was just just preceded the the DX7 by about two or three years. Oh wow! Looks like we just this just, this just in. Sorry about that. My producers have handed me something. Um, it looks like hot off the press here. Bill Noble, a eh, has been working on something here. Hey all, I've been busy with a new bootloader. Uh, file editor for the ease of use project. Here's a screenshot of the latest. Left plane is the left pane is the current boot list for edit. The right is base hardware selection, and the bottom right is description of selected modules in the left pane. This has a ways to go, but the database is fully um, laid out by module type and hardware group. Okay. So for somebody who understands what Bill just said, can you translate that to English for us? So. <laughs> Basically, the edit boot files right now, you have to use text editors. Um, and there's a couple different ones. Some have different advantages, et cetera. But this one is actually is a, a mouse click GUI thing where you just click, you know, I've got a 6309. Oh, okay. so, what, so what we're looking at here is an ease of use tool for ease of use. Yes, it'll let you make custom boot files if you want to add drive wire, if you want to add a IDE interface or sound card or whatever else in the future. It's just click and select what you want. Oh, I get it. I get it. Wow. So Bill Noble is freaking brilliant, man. Hey, I have a question about it has that. A selection for a real time clock, too. So. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Richard. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, question about it. Does it calculate the uh, amount of uh, memory it takes for the boot? Um, I don't know if it does now. He's he's kind of in the early stages of it right now. He was getting the database laid out and how that was going to work and having dependencies so that, you know, if you pick a certain type of a driver, you need this type of a file manager. This descriptor needs this type of a driver. So you don't accidentally, like a lot of people do, they mix like a, a Birkenberg you know, hard drive descriptor with a, a disto SCSI you oh, know, hard okay. drive driver. So it's it's to make it ease of use and also to make it a bit more foolproof and, and catch a lot of errors. That's not a bad idea to add that, though. I know the quick gen one does tell you you have an option of seeing how big your boot file currently is. Right. That's the one we included on the EOU. So, but that's all text driven. Mm. This is all clickable GUI stuff with a mouse. Even Stevie could use it. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. it running under uh, MultiView? Yeah. Well, it's 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 running under CoWin, the window driver that MultiView uses, but it doesn't require MultiView the program. Oh, good. So this so this is an actual OS nine utility as well. So you would run this program yeah. in OS nine. To configure how OS9 is going to boot. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of a catch-22, though, because if you can't boot, you can't get to this program to change how you're going to boot. <laughs> well, with that, so, or with floppies, you can just you, know, you keep your normal boot separate, and then you just yeah. create a new disk, and you just put it on there, or a new disk, and away you go. Yeah, a lot true. of us had alternate boots back in the day, because some games required certain things that would break some other games. and I mean, we're trying to fix all that now, too. but Yeah. No, no that's uh, cool. Yeah. Also, the other question is, when when it creates the boot file, does does it create a disk image or does it write to an already existing one? I believe at this point it's going to be created or uh, going to an already existing one. But okay. I mean, you you can create one under OS nine itself too, so it's pretty easy to do that. I'm, I'm pretty sure you could add that in. Okay. Well, no. Just for example, if you had like an SDC, you know, like a VHD file type file or and or you wanted to create one i was just wondering if you had to create it yourself first and then go in with this put the modules in and write to it or it'll create it itself 
I, I believe in his current state, you have to pre-create the image, the blank image, and then put it onto that disk. Okay. But there's no, you couldn't add in the option to format a floppy or, you know, make a Coco SDC image file because you can do that within OS nine too. So okay, those are actually really like, good like questions, said, Richard. It's work in progress. So <laughs> sorry, what? Yeah, what? yeah I, said, do, those... I do have my moments. Yeah, Richard asked some really, really good questions. So they were serious questions, too. For a minute, I'm just waiting for the punchline for a while there. But no, these were all really good questions. Um, yeah, kudos. Apparently, um, the no, train's cool. slightly back on the track. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, that's cool. It took me a minute to figure out what's going on here, but I get it. It's Because the whole idea of ease of use is to get away from having to bang away on the keyboard and the command line and the editor. So we're making it a little bit higher level, a little bit more gooified. So now we've got a GUI bootloader configurable thing for the ease of use project. Yeah, and you see those little arrows on the right on the top right pane, and that's actually drop down arrow. So you just click on that, you can select which CPU and which floppy controller you have, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Now I missed the I missed the thing. I had it queued up. I must have closed it, but here it is. Here it is. Let me just switch back to this because Mark Overholzer is in the live chat. I had this in a tab, and somehow I must have accidentally closed it. Let me switch back to news real quick. So here's. Here's Mark D. Overholzer's update on the Rainbow Magazine, which I'm having a hard time reading at this at this level here. Let me see if I can maybe zoom in on this a little bit. Does this work? Are we zooming? All right. Holy crap, did we zoom too much now at this point? 300% <laughs> is maybe too much zooming. Here we go. So by Mark D. Overholzer himself, um, Mark says, status update on the new rainbow magazine by the end of january we had most of the articles submitted that were committed uh to by the faithful coco and dragon users um i have asked rondell vo who made last year's mock-up to start the layout i am hoping we can reach a quarterly publishing target with actual paper copies available at a reasonable price um he's, he's basically saying he's done a lot of technical writing but editing is new to him and you know, just reminding us that him and Ron are regular mere civilian mortals with day jobs. But um, we are trying to bring back the nostalgia, saying it is going to happen. So if you have a bur burning desire to write something about the Coco, the Dragon, and even the MC-10, Jim Gary, um, please get a hold of Ron or myself. We have three more issues targeted for this year. Um, James Ross even chimed in with an idea. Um a few of the same advertisements that we found in the rainbow back in the day, but update, update them um, are not for really for sale. And I think that Ron Delvo had actually done that. He'd showed off some retro ads in his first mock-up, but yeah, it would be kind of interesting to do either some reimagining of that or something like that. So yeah, so there's a little update from, from Mark D Overholzer, our kind of project uh, manager of the new rainbow magazine. Although I don't know what the, release schedule is you know ron no there's not one yet um as as i start assembling this thing and he's doing a uh, mark's doing a lot of uh reading and and collimating things and putting it all together and stuff and then uh, i um put it all together in a program and uh you know we're going to go back and forth uh, weeding out things and we got a little surprise for when it comes out i think you guys will really enjoy okay. it okay okay and then again, real quick, here's your inception moment. And we are live 
on Coco Talk. And as we're live on Coco Talk, we're watching Coco Talk live as it appears on Facebook right now. There are 10 people watching us on Facebook, <laughs> as well as 21 people watching us on YouTube for a grand total of 31 live viewers right now, if my math is correct. Hey. So here's a little live preview of Coco Talk live as it's streaming live to you on the Internet. Um, so a new feature on the show. <laughs> it's a show uh, within a show. Baseball's <laughs> already had that. <laughs> all, all, we now, now. Now put, all we need to do now is put uh, a camera on uh, on a shot of the, the screen to get the visual feedback thing going on. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that would be kind of neat. Oh, wow, cool. Remember... Sitting for hours typing in code. Yeah. Okay. So who is this now on youth on on YouTube? It is Truth Forever, old Coco user here. Never knew you guys around when I came into this room. I thought I heard talk of the Rainbow Mag. Is it still in print? Okay. So and now we're getting caught. No, the the actual Rainbow. Mag, when did the Rainbow Magazine stop publication? Anyone? Trivia question. Ninety three. Yeah. So this is a homebrew project where we're trying to bring the rainbow back. And so a lot of people are getting together to work on that to make our own just community collaborative uh, thing. Right. So and it's actually happening where it was kind of talked about once uh, everybody got excited. Ron Delvo did a, some some fake covers of magazines, just kind of here's some art designs. And then he even actually Ron Delvo threw together a 20 or 30 page mock up magazine that he did all by himself uh, a lot of people got excited um and then it just kind of i don't know what happened but now uh, mark d overholzer who's not with us live today basically says all right i'm gonna i'm gonna rally the troops and get people to commit and be accountable and so a number of people have all submitted something and we'll see what that something is yeah so uh, yep, I've seen you guys on Roku for my TV just now and jumped on here to do more checking. This is great. Oh, that's great. Truth for everyone. Uh, <laughs> David Lord says, it's still in print, but the pages are getting really yellowed. <laughs> Get some retro bright. Get some retro bright in your magazine. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. So yeah, it's happening. So it's not an official rainbow, you know. Falsoft is no, you know, Lonnie Falk is no longer with us, and Falsoft is no longer publishing. But it is a community kind of homebrew uh, project, Make a Wish Foundation type thing. Um, cool. Well, that was a lot of news. Uh, other than how many game packs have released this week now? Too is it we're in like twenty two uh, AGD game packs now. Yep. So lots of game packs coming out. Lots of releases from Jim Gary coming out. Um, you know, music's happening. A lot of things happening on the Game Master cartridge right now. That's kind of exciting. Uh, lots of sound happening. Uh, David O'Connor will be somehow interfacing the new Mega MPI chip to real keyboards and tracking and playing music. That'll be kind of cool. Um, so would the would the game plan be you could play something live on the real keyboard and just capture it into the Coco and just generate coco ready music with your 10 fingers it's more a, a programming thing um each of the modules in that synthesizer could be patched um to do different things um the big box sitting on the top is an analog sequencer um, which basically steps through notes um in sequence 
in light of I was talking earlier on about Tangerine Dream. Um, yeah. A lot of their early, a lot of their, their sort of mid seventies to early eighties music had a, a, a pulsing sequence running underneath it, um, with multiple layers of other sequences, and okay. they would use analog analog step sequences and modules like this to create those sounds. Um, so that's a lot of what I do is is what they call Berlin School style music or Krautrock, um, the German nickname for it. Um, so my aim is to use the Tandy computer um, to control step sequencing and to control the speed of the steps and, and whether you want them to triple or double and, and, and create polyrhythms and things like that. So it's more a it's a, it's a tool that runs in, in real time live, okay. um, but, but you can interact with it to control uh, how it, how the sequences basically control the rest of the synthesizer. So. It's, it's basically a, uh, an improvisation tool or a recording studio tool where you can work on a track live and have the computer interacting with the synthesizer um, to produce certain effects. Very so, cool. Yeah, so, really, yeah, it's not so much a recording thing. It's where, the, where, where you're recording on the, on the Coco. It's the Coco is actually controlling the synthesizer and then you record that on the, on the studio um, gotcha. recording system. Gotcha, okay. So the Coco is going to be kind of like a, a conduit, if you will, into all that back-end sound machine stuff. Pretty much, yeah. 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 That's still a pretty cool application. That's taking it well well beyond a single sound chip on the Coco, and you're now interfacing with a room full of, uh, you know, sound technology. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Tangerine Dream, if I'm not mistaken, didn't they do the soundtrack for Risky Business, one of Tom Cruise's first movies? Yep, they did. Yeah, they, yeah, one of the one of the most well known uh, tracks of that thing is "Love on a Real Train." Yeah, um, that that scene with the the, the train scene, the, the the music in that was Tangerine yeah. Dream. And I know they didn't do Blade Runner. Somebody else did Blade Runner, but I love some of that analog synth sound from the original Blade Runner too. Do you remember who the composers were for that? Yeah, that's um, um, yeah, Vangelis. Using the CS80, Yamaha yeah. CS80. I mean that 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 to me the the texture of that synth. I love synth sounds. Like I'm not a real musician, but I love electronic music. My introduction to electronic music was actually on the Coco, listening to things like the William Tell Overture and the Bach Fugue D Minor and all these things. I got turned on to electronic sounding music on the Coco, and I've been a fan of it. I grew up listening to my dad also had the vinyl LPs of what at the time was Walter Carlos did like Bach on the Moog. Um, uh, Moog, actually, it's pronounced right. Moog. I, we say Moog, yeah, here, but right. it's actually Moog. Yeah. But you know, so yeah. I've listened to some uh, Moog stuff that Walter Collers had done on the uh, the Bach stuff. Um, uh, the the Disney Main Street Electrical Parade is another great one. Uh, some of those classic sounds, you know. Um, now, when Walter Carlos became Wendy Carlos and did the soundtrack to Tron, another incredible mm. electronic. Mm. You know, so I've been a fan of this kind of crunchy, layered, synthy, scratchy, grady sounds. I love them. Um, and that's why I love like what a lot of stuff that Simon Jonasson does. He does a lot of stuff with square waves and gets this really nice, crunchy sound out of the cocoa. So, yeah, um, but I've heard some of his stuff. It's really cool. Very yeah, cool what he's done. Yeah. So I'm Another really looking that, forward to hearing what you're going to do. Yeah. Uh, it'll all be available on my website, on synthweeks.com. Yeah. Um, Another one that Wendy Carlos did too was was a very famous soundtrack. Was the soundtrack to A Clockwork Orange? 
Oh, wow. As a matter of fact, I don't Ooh. think I've ever seen that movie, Apocalypse. Huh. It's, oh, yeah, clock, it's very, oh, Clockwork Orange. I'm thinking Clockwork of Apocalypse Orange. now. Yeah, yeah. Clockwork Orange. Okay, I've seen Clockwork mm-hmm. Orange, but the music's not sticking out in my head right now. So, uh, interesting. Interesting. I'll have to check that out. I'll have to listen to that yeah. again now just for the soundtrack. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very... It, the soundtrack is just as out there as the movie. Really. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really... A, it, it's, the, as we know, the, the movie is very, very... Uh, what's the word for it? Um esoteric is not the word i'm looking for um out there you know there's another word yeah. that i'm thinking of yeah it. well um, you're not thinking uh, of this uh, it's not the dystopian type thing or whatever is it no it's, yeah. i don't even know what you explain no. yeah yeah but yeah i know what you're talking about um yeah. the music fits it perfectly it's that yeah. very same yeah yeah i'm not, i'm not a big fan of remakes but as you're mentioning a clockwork orange do you think that's something that could be remade and could could we do it justice in this day and age are we too politically correct and snowflakey? Are we are we too yeah. much of a snowflake society to handle a movie like that now? Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, got, I mean, some. I mean, it's really there's a really a real divide between the people. I think today you've got the the social justice warriors on one side, and you've got those who say, oh, you, on the complete opposite side, there's a lot of almost like the left and right wing divide, the socialists and the and we're going getting into politics now, but. Yeah. It seems to be that whenever anybody brings out something controversial like that, back then you could get away with it. But if you try and do something like that now, so you're likely to upset 50% of the population. There, yeah, there uh, are so many movies that were made before we became politically correct that, you know, think of like Blazing Saddles, Mel Brooks, Blazing Saddles. We could not make that movie today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, man. That's, oh, hey, Bryce is here too. Bryce snuck in on us. Hey, how you doing there, Bryce? Um, we got we got three Aussies on the show. So are Australians outnumbering our Canadians right now? We might be. Um, <laughs> we got two Canadians, two Canadians and three Aussies. All right, Where's so that's good. Bruce D. Moore, when you need him. Where's Bruce yeah, Moore? We got to bounce Bruce things out. Earlier, but he, he took Wait, off and went to chat. That's why. Yeah. So yeah, I, I so just listen, David. I cannot wait to hear what you're going to do with that. How you're going to make this. Coco Mega MPI kind of track all this 80s analog layered synth sounds. That's going to be heaven, heaven to hear, man. It's so. going to be a lot of fun. It's 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 been a passion of mine for, for decades now. So yeah, you know, to, and to, the, be able to, and the, to be able to come back to square one, right, right back to the Coco, and then to 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 use modern technology with the Coco to control um, both vintage and modern synthesizers. It's just a, it's like the best of all worlds. It's, yeah, yeah. Hey, Steve Bjork just joined us in the live chat. Yeah, and Steve Bjork mentions that the Main Street Electrical Parade track was used to demo Audio Spectrum Analyzer to get Tandy to buy it. Speaking of that, so Steve has joined us here, and, and there's our Audio Spectrum Analyzer in the background. So that is so cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I love the, we'll call it the 80s synth sound. I know it's been, it's even like the, the Moody Blues, they had some pretty cool stuff too with some synth sounds um yeah it's Absolutely. just you, you yeah. hear you hear those sounds the and they voice. just bring you back yeah the other the other big name in you know the late 70s early 80s too was obviously Kraftwerk. um you know with with uh autobahn songs like that autobahn was their big breakthrough track but uh yeah that's that's the same technology with all the analog step sequences and analog synthesizers i'm gonna go out on a limb here and i'm gonna say you're not a justin bieber fan david 
this way, if somebody tells me that Justin Bieber's going to be performing in another in, in this cafe, I'll say, well, that's a good reason to go to a different cafe. So, it's, <laughs> I, I am completely shocked that he has not mentioned air supply yet. <laughs> were they? They were There's Australian. The yeah, they were Australian. Craftwork. Yeah. Uh, uh, somebody did a craftwork. Uh, Sound, uh, we are the robots using an MC10, and there's a video on the net somewhere. Oh, wow! Oh, I didn't realize he used an MC10. That's cool. Yeah, it just beeps mm. and blurps. It does we are the robots? Mm. Wow, so I think that's that word. Yeah. All right, well, what surprise me. Yeah. What have we not talked about now, guys? Have we missed anything? Oh, um, I just uh, got another notification since the start of the show. Two more people have announced uh, circuits for real-time clocks. Oh, excellent. <laughs> the real-time the real clock, Mike. If anybody was wanting to know what the next big thing to get in on, invest on, uh, the next big tech stock, <laughs> real-time clocks are going to be the future of uh, commodities. Yeah, I'm going to take a joystick, and it's got a real-time clock and uh, sound chip. Sound chip, well, real-time I'm clock. I'm going to do one better. I'm going to open up a real-time <laughs> clock superstore. You know, but you know, if all this, what, the, what, what's going to have to happen here is that as, as these real-time clocks make their way into the consumers, we're going to need repair shops all around the nation to help keep them wound up. So, <laughs> call Richard if you need to set the alarm on it. That's what. Yeah. You're uh, well, we're talking about real-time clocks. I've got something to show you here. <laughs> <laughs> this module here. Uh, that, that is a real-time clock. It's an analog real-time clock. It's actually telling you the actual time. That's what wow. I'm doing in Adelaide, in Adelaide, South Australia at the moment. So, it's, hopefully my microphone picked all that up. Then. I was a little yeah. away from it. It's my computer. But you said yeah, it's an analog real-time real clock, yeah. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, I've got a thing for clocks as well. I love clocks. Um, I was adopted, actually, in, uh, at seven weeks of age and met my birth mother um, when I turned 18 and met my birth father when I turned 25. Wow. And it turns out my, my birth father has a, a real fascination with clocks and watches. And so, oh. uh, yeah, like, it's interesting seeing the whole genetic link there and, you know, genetic makeup that really has an influence. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, that's cool. So are you saying your birth father would volunteer to help ride drivers for all these new clock chips? Or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, He's a guitar technician, so we, we would yeah. teach him. <laughs> do, you, do you do any coding, David? Do you write software, or are you more of a hardware guy? Um, a bit of both, yeah. I do, my intro to the, to the TRS-80, I've, um, I, I was more into coding than I was into actually um, into games. I was into some games, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, coding is, a, is, is something I've always loved, so... Uh, that's something I'm. I'm probably going to start off writing um, some of this interface software in BASIC, and maybe do some uh, some assembly subroutines for the faster stuff that needs to be done, and just call that from BASIC. So. Oh, so Rob Inman in the live chat wants to know: Can we get that analog real-time clock to connect to the Coco SDC? So maybe somehow through the Mega Any <laughs> Mini MPI, you might be able to find a way to make that happen, huh? I could probably put it. <laughs> Speaking That's of real-time clocks, um, that was one of the things we used to do at Radio Shack. You know, some of the stores, we would, you know, they had those clock displays in the back case, you know, behind the counter, not behind the counter, but behind the the, the, the register and everything. Okay. We would set those, you know, we, we would actually set those at different times 
and and take off. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, my parents. Yeah, my my parents told us like. <laughs> Like maybe just a couple of years ago, my parents just let us in on a joke of theirs they've had that says, you know, when you guys were kids, we set the clocks ahead like really far so you would go to bed. (laughs) 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 Back in the days when you actually had to turn the little hands around the dial and stuff, they're like, yeah, we would just set the clocks ahead and tell you, hey, guys, it's time to go to bed. So, so when you talk to your psychiatrist, <laughs> well, we had time skips. My life. We had time skips when we were kids. Oh Couldn't my god! Excuse me, did you get them back by doing the old top the vodka up with water every time you snuck? Yeah, right. So. Jeez. Uh, the things you learn. Yeah, so this week's uh, real-time clock segment on Coco Talk, as we continue our continuing coverage on real-time clocks, uh, all all real-time, all the time, on Coco Talk. Uh, <laughs> 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 is, uh, yeah, so John Linville showed off a real-time clock on the Game Master cartridge. Jim Gary's got a real-time clock going on. Um, I'm not sure who else is. Not, did I say Jim Gary? Did I say Jim Gary? Yeah, it was Jim, Jim Brain. Brain. Well, Jim Gary's got so much stuff going on. Who knows? He might have a real-time clock going on there. So, um, Rondell Vaux's got a cover of a Rainbow Magazine on his computer over there. Yep, there it is. Now, is that Vos. your mock-up or is this the actual current issue? No, that's the mock-up one. And that's the mock-up one from last year? Yeah. Mock-up, Yeah, we're, we're going to keep everything in wraps till it's time to... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Top secret. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Nobody's seen it. So, uh, Not Bryza, even tease, eh? Bryza, we showed the picture of you earlier of the bruiser where you had your broken nose. So <laughs> as we were going through the Coco Mafia. So was now, that the uh, You know how I got that? I walked I, into an electrical meter box when I was talking on the phone. No. <laughs> yeah, on your cell phone? I was talking to the fiance at the time and all of a sudden it just went blank. I'm sitting there on the ground crouched over, still on the phone talking away, but it's all black. And I'm going uh, I think I just walked into a meter box. Oh I'm my just, god! You're gonna be you're gonna be on Facebook. It would have been well, so much of a there were, no. There were these four guys that jumped me. Yeah, they were all Commodore <laughs> users. There was a Commodore user, an Apple user, an Atari guy, and a Spectrum. Tell your stories better. Yeah, and a Spectrum nerd. <laughs> and they said the Coco sucked, and so I kicked all their asses. <laughs> and they tied a printer ribbon around my neck. <laughs> tried to string me up with a printer yeah. ribbon. Oh, I barely got out with my life. <laughs> you should see them. Yeah. They look they like realize. Vegemite. They don't realize you represent the most powerful computer in the world. You know, yeah, blow your right. head clean off. <laughs> uh, and and speaking of uh, boxes of goodies, which is one of the uh, subtitles of our show today, Brian Weasler has finally joined us. Hey, Brian, how are you? Hey. How's it going? Sorry, your, did you not wind your real time clock? Is that why you're late? <laughs> yes, I uh, was daylight savings time early. No, ah, so you mentioned you have uh, a plethora of, of goodies. You also, I didn't, I didn't um, go over it, but you had posted something in, in uh, Facebook this week about your kind of two cents on, on eBay. 
uh, <laughs> stuff, and yeah. w- which was also kind of a brief host discussion on the Coco Crew. You know, eBay, take it or leave it. You know, you know. I, I honestly, I don't see how. I don't think any of us would be in the hobby without eBay. So I think it's a necessary evil. Um, I agree. It's been good to me. I have gotten very few. I've never sold anything on eBay, so I don't know from a seller's perspective getting screwed on fees. Or I've also heard the side of that where you know eBay favors the buyer. So if a buyer wants to cry, wah, you might get screwed out of a sale. So that side of it maybe is not cool because I haven't really sold on eBay. But I've bought a lot of crap on eBay, and I'm I'm grateful for it all. So yeah, uh, I mean, you said you have to kind of watch what you're looking for and stuff like that. I mean, but obviously someone doesn't want to budge on the price then you know they're either going to sell it or or not you know so um some are some are more willing to work i mean uh, i think if you're just nice and send a nice message and maybe explain why or whatever i've I've had good response with people or at least been able to negotiate so yeah 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 i think i posted earlier this week too because i started my monday with somebody who was listing a coco one for five hundred dollars, buy it now. Yeah, and I saw that was that. like that was like how as my Monday morning I get on my computer. I'm like, what? A five hundred dollar cocoa? I gotta share this. This is funny, right? But I actually wrote that person, and and I was very nice. I wasn't rude. I was just very nice and very succinct. And they wrote me back saying, thank you. I'm gonna adjust the uh, starting price and adjust the buy it now price. So they've then then bumped it down to fifty dollars for starting and two hundred dollars buy it now. So I thought that was kind of cool. A little exchange of of information that was peaceful um so, i think some people they either a they don't know what they have and so the price is you know really low which mm-hmm. you know it's, our point of computer, it's worth a thousand yeah it's rare <laughs> it's rare but, but then Deep you get the jobs that uh, have done the research on ebay and you know they see what things have been selling for and so then they try to either one up that price a little bit and think, well, if they're going for this much, maybe I can get this much, you know? So, yeah. But, yeah. You know. Well, listen, I, I, I'm going to just throw this out there as a public service because I was really tempted to buy it now, but there's a Coco three with 512 K that you can buy now on eBay for 200 bucks. Uh, and with Tandy Ram in it. And, and I, and I'm just to the point now where I'm like, dude, I've got two Coco threes that both work. I'm, I have my real one and I have my backup one. If I buy a third Coco three, I'm being greedy. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, I was tempted to buy it, but I'm like, I don't need it. And I'm lucky that I actually have a little bit of money, which I can't, I haven't been able to say in almost a year, but right now I've got a little bit of money. I could have bought it, but I didn't. So, um, if anybody's looking for a Coco three for 200 bucks with five twelve K of Ram, um, buy it now. Matter of fact, Neil Blanchard's here. He says, uh, uh, regarding selling on, on eBay, Never ship to a non. Yeah, he mentioned that on the show on the tech on the uh, host discussion. Never uh, ship to a non-registered uh, eBay account because you can't. You got no recourse there. Um, so, um, but yeah, no. Uh, l- listen, and and so and speaking of Neil Blanchard, the first Coco three I bought, I bought from Neil Blanchard. I won his auction. I remember him talking about it on the Coco Crew podcast. I bid on it. Once I found out that I won, I asked him if I could get an autograph and. He autographed a uh, silver tandy floppy sleeve for me, and so he wrote a few little nice things to me. So I've got a my my first ever Coco three since I got back in the hobby was from Neil Blanchard, and it's a Canadian Coco. It's five twelve K Disto board, uh, you know, eighty six gimme, and and a Neil Blanchard autograph. So it's it's a that's a a, a gem and a jewel in my collection. Um, 
so yeah um so yeah so you're basically saying it this what the price does not necessarily have to be the price right no no i mean just you know people are sometimes willing to willing to work with you some are you know they stay firm and you know but i mean you just have to work with them and uh you know the the main thing i found for myself is just realize what do you want to pay for something and just stick to it you know and because uh, it is, uh, you know, like we've joked around before on the show, you know, about the fact that it's so tempted to get caught into the, the eBay, you know, uh, black hole there and keep bidding up, keep bidding up and stuff like that. And yeah. Money, yeah. You know? So you just have to walk into it knowing what you want to pay for something. And uh, if it goes beyond it, the, the thing about it is there's there's. If you just wait a few weeks, something else will pop in there, you know. So yeah, with the exception of Coco threes, but Coco twos are not rare at all. No, Coco no. twos are all over the place. But that's kind of how I feel too. Like when I've been to a few of the auctions, there's things I want in the auction, but there's a there's a there's a maximum amount that I'm willing to spend on certain things. So I just say in my head, this is what I will this is what I will pay for that thing, and once the bidding gets higher than that, then I've just lost. You know, because I am not going to outbid just to win it. Because you know, if you win, if you win a two hundred dollar item for five hundred dollars, did you really win? <laughs> you know, the person who sold it was the winner in this case here. So, exactly. I don't know. I'll uh, ask Alan Huffman about that. <laughs> <laughs> so you got a box of goodies to show us, right? Yeah, I think uh, the person had a price out there, and uh, they they had the uh, don't make me an offer thing, and uh, you know, if the opportunity is there. Uh, I'm going to throw a price out there, you know, and if it's, if it's low and they, uh, they accept it, well, then, you know, they're happy because they're obviously accepting the price. So, uh, you know, they're happy to get the money that they got. And sometimes yeah. you, uh, you, you come out top, uh, in this case here, I felt like I got a really good, uh, really good deal on it here. It's, it ended up being a whole box of, uh, games and a few accessories. Uh, cool. I'll start, start with this here. Um, this is actually for a model model 100 though, but it's, oh, the, uh, neat. it's in the blister pack. Yep, it's in the blister pack here, and it's the uh, uh, portable computing with the Model 100. It's just a uh, uh, little educational thing there. So okay, hey, hey, one, uh, right? just real quick, Jim Gary, have you ported anything to the Model 100? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yes, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we not surprised by that? <laughs> Do you know who Fletcher is? Yeah. Uh, is that one autograph? Is that autographed by Fletcher by any chance, Brian? No, this one was not. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You'll go far. Also, in the. In the box was uh, the cassette version of uh, good old color math. Color math, because math is always better in color. That black exactly. and white math sucks. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yes, but is it monster math? Uh, oh, yeah. Jason Dow's got monster math for the dragon. There you go. And then I had quite a few uh, ROM, uh, ROM cartridges in here. Uh, got a blister pack of... Ah, Arkanoid. Steve yep. Bjork. So that was a good one there. Uh, also got in here, uh, Predator. Nice. One of the worst games ever. Here's David Ladd's take on that game. Really? <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, got a Castle of Gather. Oh, Castle of Thorogad. Yep. The, uh, yes. The mm -hmm. shitty version of Dagrath, right? So, uh, I'm oh, sorry. Uh, I got a little edgy there. Sorry. No um, problem. We also got here uh, Pitfall. Pitfall too. Super Pitfall, yes. Yes. Do, so do, 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 do. There's Steve York one. No, Steve York one. 
what collection would not be complete without color file? Color file too, because when you couldn't file enough, <laughs> color file two to the rescue. Exactly. And then uh, the box is a little rough though, but uh, downland, that, um, nice. Yeah, the box a little rough on this one though, but uh, everything's there. So that's got to be the patch one, the one point one version that runs on the Cocoa Three. Okay. Yep. I'd and have then, to see uh, the uh, label. Then we also have here uh, Mickey's Space Adventure. Ah, nice. So, yeah, those were good. Sierra Online yeah. made a number of those educational yeah. titles. And these, good these artifacting. Are all, uh, these are all uh, sealed, too, never been. Oh, wow. That. Look at that. Then also, uh, of course, you got to have Winnie the Pooh, right? Winnie the Pooh, yes. Yes. Virgin uh, Software. Yes. Another Mr. Pack one here is um, got here. Uh, your microscope. microscopic mission. Nice. Yes, got that one. Nice. Uh, That's a great Zumwalt one, if I remember. <laughs> Rob Inman <laughs> says, color file two, file harder. <laughs> then, uh, got your interbank incident. Interbank incident. Nice. Sealed. That This is that pristine stuff. Sound pack, too, which is cool. Yeah. Yep. Pristine also, software. Also, a big Rescue on Fractalus. Hey, Curtis Boyle will optimize that for you. No extra you charge. Go. So, there uh, you go. <laughs> uh, then, uh, so I got a few more here. Got another sealed pack here of uh, Shanghai. Shanghai. Get Rick Adams yeah. to sign that. You coming to Cocoa Fest? Yes, I am. When yep. you get Rick Adams to sign it, he's going to say, Thank you. Yes, you're too kind. And thank you. <laughs> <laughs> also, a uh, sealed pack here of. Uh, Rogue. Rogue. God, dude, this is a freaking collection, dude. Yeah. It's not Rogue You. Rogue You. That's Rouge. Rouge. We also got uh, Dexter. Dexter, nice. Sealed? Uh, this one is not sealed, no. Oh. Is that for the Coco or for the Tandy 1000? Uh, let's see here. This one is for the Coco. Okay, so that's no. the cartridge Coco. Okay. Yep. Is it Dexter mm -hmm. or Dexter? Thexter, Thexter. <laughs> and uh, also, this one's been open though, but the, the King's Quest. Oh, the King's Quest oh. 3. Yep. That one yep. came right after King's Quest 2. Did it? <laughs> <laughs> and also, uh, in the pack 2 was a uh, stereo the, orchestra. Uh, also, in the pack there. And then, Very one cool. of the things that was really kind of nice. If you pull out a real time clock, I'm going to. Soil my no, pants. No. Okay. All right. So and also had a. Uh, it's not color, a Oh, a two-button deluxe color mouse. Oh, yep, dude. It is. Uh, it is brand new though. It's never even been out of the pack. Wow! Though. Look at that. Awesome. With your still got that. Yellow, so. Still got that new mouse that smell. Yep. Yeah. And uh, don't forget your uh, little uh, handy dandy moisture pack. There. Yeah. There you go. This is not. You candy, got all this for fifty dollars. You said. Fifty dollars I paid for all this. Yeah. <laughs> wow! Uh, you made out like a bandit. Yes, it was a it was a good one there. He had a poster for a hundred. I threw out fifty, and he he uh, approved in like two minutes after I posted. It. Wow! I gotta nice. start watching eBay again. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, they're out there, and you just gotta. I think like a lot of us, we have the. I don't. Everybody sets up alerts and things like that. To, to yep. Yep. But you know, but the alerts can be kind of delayed and everything. So usually, you know. Yeah, I have alerts, and then I usually also hit watch, too. Like, I'll watch something, and usually by the time I check my phone again, oh, the item that you're bidding on ends in two minutes. I'm like, oh, I right. thank you nine hours later for letting me know. Right? <laughs> so it's like yeah, I usually kind of miss the train a lot of times on that. 
So yeah, I kind of a little more than 1983. <laughs> yeah. I can't get anybody to take my Monopoly money. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I, was, been... I, was kind of, I was happy to get that one. It was a nice, nice little pack there to get. So had some things that I didn't have already. So it was nice. Yeah, no, that's that's a great find. I'm I'm kind of quite jealous from all that stuff. But it's two really good box sets that we see. Yeah, in the show yeah. So that was really that. Good. I knew we had some unboxing to cover, which is why I made that part of the title: boxes of goodies or boxies. I actually spelled it as boxies. <laughs> I just realized I made a typo. I made a a fox po in my typing here. Boxies <laughs> of goodies, but we'll leave it there. My mistake is your amusement. Um, so uh, cool. Thanks for sharing, Brian. So I don't know if you saw before, but uh, Jason Downs got a Dragon from oh, the nice. UK with 35 cassettes of Dragon software and some a bunch of Dragon magazines, a couple of Dragon joysticks, and that was 180 with shipping from the UK. Ah, nice. Uh, a UK Dragon 32. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I haven't had a chance to, to fire mine up yet uh, that I showed last week there, that 64 that I got, but uh, still want to get it hooked up, though. I'm... Uh, I'm in uh, looking for the monitor that you kind of suggested there, the Dell. I'm gonna I'm gonna see okay. that or see if see if that works well. Yeah, I've had that on my watch list forever, that 2007 FP, and so um, I finally got one that just kind of came through with shipping that I that was in the price I was willing to pay. I was not gonna pay more than 100 bucks with shipping for that monitor because I didn't need it, you know. Yeah, there's so, a I I do I did a quick eBay search here recently, and yeah, there's some guys out there that have them for 100 150 bucks. Right, and then they and sometimes they want fifty bucks to ship them. Exactly, that's that's yeah. a, that's way too much money. Yep, yep. Hey, so, I, I want to hear from Jim Jerry uh, Gary, however you say his name. Um, Gary. Jim, yeah. Well, what what kind of a setup do you have for um, your MC10, and how you uh, you know do you have a couple of MC10s? Do you have uh, the one hundred and twenty eight K pack with it? Do you you know what do you do you do a lot of your stuff on the Coco 3? I mean, have you done many programs in the 3? Tell us a little bit about uh, you. No, I have an, I have a real MC-10 right there, and I have an MCX MC-10 yeah. uh, in my office upstairs. And uh, I do all my programming, though, on uh, WordPad and uh, Windows. Oh. And then... Uh, an ASCII-type thing and... Quick type. Yeah, I just and then I quick type it into the uh, VMC tem emulator. Yeah, was, and then was, I, I always tested it eventually on this, but I don't start on this because this doesn't have an edit command like you guys have it. So uh, let me ask you how how is your keyboard uh, held up after programming all this time? Uh, I mean, well, like I can say I don't really program on this anymore. I just kind of do a little bit of testing on it when I'm finished the program, just to see that it runs on the real thing. But have you so had it, it for years? It's, yeah, this is my original one from 1983. Oh, okay. And so it's, 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 it still uh, works. Yeah, I have another one upstairs. I got at a flea market, and it's a zero key kind of sticks a bit, but uh, if I uh, used it, it's good. Another the keys thing, are quite. Another thing I noticed uh, is the the cases on them don't seem to yellow too much, do they? No, they don't seem to have put whatever they put into the um, plastic that uh, makes the uh, the cocoa yellow and. That's because the they usually never. They ne most of them never see the light of day. It's... That's why. So. Basically, you know, some kind of a. 
a zombie, I guess. But no, I think it's they just had some kind of chemical uh, difference, and uh, they don't they don't yellow. I don't they know were what probably it is. manufactured in a different plant. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, when I wrote that program a few years back for the, um, uh, the uh, what was it? You're chasing around trying to uh, retrobrite uh, MC10s and the oh yeah, the yellow. In <laughs> 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 honor of a great programmer who should not be known. Yeah. Uh, Almost sounds like I've got a hardware problem, right? So, <laughs> was that your first computer? Oh, for sure, yeah. yeah it was my first yeah, one no. too. Oh, no, good, good. Yeah, well, it's nice I've... to know there's somebody else out there. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I've got two MC10s in the box, and 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 I, you know, I I got them because I figured, listen, it's a relative of the Coco, it's in the family. Um, both of mine, I think I got maybe with shipping for about 40 bucks. And so I figured that you can't, you can't say no to a MC 10 with all the books and manuals and cords with the box for like 40 bucks. That's, that's a fair price, you know? So I've got two of them in the box they and, and they're just they sitting on a shelf. That now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also purchased the MCX 128. I bought one from Ed Snyder. I think I got it in the mail. I bought a case from John Strong at a Cocoa Fest a year or two ago, and I haven't opened up either one of those. So the the board <laughs> the board is still sealed in its plastic bag, and so is the uh, the plastic case is still shrink wrapped. But I figured I've got that MCX one twenty eight. One of these days I'll crack it open and plug it in and have no idea what the hell to do with it. But I've got <laughs> I've got an MC ten. It's kind of like putting a Porsche engine in a in a Volkswagen Beetle. I, I, yeah. I but I really you know. would like to run some of your software on the real hardware. You've got so much software out there. I mean, yeah, we can do it in an emulator, but to me, to fully experience an MC10, you really got to do it on the hardware. So it's on my list of things to do one day. It's just to have a Jim Gary day and and play <laughs> one of your ten thousand programs on my real MC10. You know, so. Hey Jim, have you heard of anyone repacking? Uh, well, Ron, MC10? I think. What's that? Have you heard of anyone repacking an MC10 in a PC case? <laughs> no, but I know nope. a guy who who disassembled an MC10 and used the keyboard to run a um, a Raspberry Pi. So huh. he basically uh, he basically yeah, executed and, and an there was, uh, someone, on the internet. There was someone uh, that used the. Uh, um the old chiclet keyboard off of his color computer as a keyboard for an mc10 he had a ribbon cable that was me into the mc10 that was me that was you yeah it's an old <laughs> picture yeah i did that it's kind of like a <laughs> it was like an a upgrade yeah does it work did it work well, it worked yeah yeah you got to rewire the matrix but yeah there's no reason why it wouldn't work I got a real-time clock for it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you'll have to desolder the ROM first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Jim, uh, you need to um, participate in the new um, Rainbow Magazine with maybe some kind of uh, something, you know, maybe you can send us a little blurb or something. Well, take take, take my 10-liner and put it in as one of those, like, they used to have, like, the, what, the three-liner yeah. little boxes in the end. I mean, in the yeah. uh, rainbow. Is it on your? Yeah. Where, where can I find it? I've got, I've got two, uh, I've got two ten liners in the uh, contest, and then on my blog right now. Why don't you um, 
sign up on the new rainbow um uh group and uh we'll let you in and you can give us uh links you, to you see him on face are you in the mc10 group sure. ron you can re you can reach him on facebook through the mc10 group just shoot him oh, a okay. message and you can get get a hold right. of him jim gary's pretty easy to reach and despite his celebrity, he still talks to us normal uh, civilians. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, cool. Uh, Jason, the Cocoa Man Record has joined us. How are you, Jason? Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Good evening, everybody. Hey. So it sounds like you're in the car. I am in the car. I just I'm on my way back from a hockey game. Ah, were you with Ken Reichert? He mentioned he was at a hockey game too. No, we, if he was at a hockey game, we were at two entirely different hockey games. Oh, wow. Okay, now did a fight break out at both? <laughs> uh, there were several. Yes, and the old saying, I went to a fight once and a hockey game broke out, right? So, oh, we have, we have another. <laughs> well, um, both you and your brother went to hockey games today. We might have to make you honorary Canadians or something. Yeah, well, actually, I went to, I went to uh, last weekend, I, was, uh, I, I went to the Florida Panthers game where we played against the Montreal uh, whatever the hell they're called. Canadians. This, this, this is hardcore. This is minor league hockey. Oh, minor league hockey. Woohoo! So they still have all their teeth. Uh, they haven't been playing long enough. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hey, Jim, are, are you going to Cocoa Fest? Uh, not unless uh, I win the lottery or something like that. Well, you live hey, far let's, away. Let's do a GoFundMe. We already got one for Simon. Let's do a GoFundMe to get Jim Gary to Cocoa Fest. I think enough people would chip in for that. Oh yeah, <laughs> Simon Johnson. <laughs> yeah, the Mad Man's going to be here. So yeah, you'll get a big surprise. I think we can tri uh, chip in and get you a Greyhound ticket. <laughs> you meet the nicest people on a greyhound <laughs> he, lives in, he lives in the uk that ought to work uh, now where do you live jim he's on a canadian island somewhere a cape breton island is it it's the it's the uh the, the city of atlantis right under the ocean somewhere <laughs> and we, did we just lose Jim? I think we lost Jim. We lost Jim Gary. Yeah, he's in Canada. Oh no, he's back. He's back. I don't know if Ron. Sorry, I don't know if Ron heard your response. What, what's the name of your town, Jim? Uh, Sydney is the name of the town. You're in Canada, Sydney, right? Sydney, Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia. Oh, okay. Nova Scotia. Yeah. There you go. The other. Sorry, sorry. The other Sydney. The other Sydney. <laughs> right. The one that's on the top side of the world. Do they yeah, speak French a lot there? Or? Yeah, we have Acadians here, yeah. yeah so a lot we of Cocoa Do. <laughs> do, they, do they have Cocoa Do commercials? All right, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play a Cocoa Do commercial here, and you need to translate this for us when we come back from that. All right, Jim, can you do that for us? I got to find it. Yes, sir. All right, so we're going to play a Coco Do commercial. When we come back, Jim Gary's going to tell us what the hell they just said. So hold on. We'll, we'll be back after these words. Hi there, this is Mark Overholzer, and you're watching Coco Talk, the world's leading weekly talk show where you can join in. Hey, come watch us and see what's happening in the world of Coco. Coco Talk is brought to you in part by Placebux Dietary Supplement. 
plus CBLEX. We think it works, so will you. What's going on, everybody? Stevie Stroh, and I want to say thank you for continuing to watch and listen to Coco Talk. We love doing this show. We think we've put together a pretty good show for you, but this show could be better with your help. So if you would like to send a feedback, a comment, a suggestion, a show topic, or maybe even your own little segment or bumper, then send it to us via email to cocotalk at cocotalk.live. This show would be nothing without you. Love to hear from you. Un ordinateur couleur qui a de la personnalité, le Coco 2 de Radio Sac. On solde pour Noël à partir de 149,95. That girl was really liking to hug that TV, wasn't she? She was a little too hug happy on that TV screen. Um, I'm concerned. All right, Jim's going to tell us now, and it's going to be all MC10 related, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> you don't really want me to translate that commercial, do you? I, don't, I, yeah. I couldn't Co understand a word of it. Le Coco Du. I, I, I heard that part. I heard Le Coco Du de Radio Shack. <laughs> you can get all this crazy stuff from us, right? Yeah. Nick Moroda promised mind. to... Now, mm -hmm. how much would you pay? Yeah, I, right? I, I, I'm now starting to feel snooty. Yeah. Well, they did. They did show a clip of Lay Mega Bug oh, too. That's the French version of Mega Bug. It's Lay Mega Bug. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mark B. What's Mark B? Go, go ahead, Jason. That, that is, I think you're speaking in the uh, Pepe Le Pew cartoon French. We <laughs> <laughs> oui, we. Oui. Come here, my beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> All that disto stuff was from uh, from Quebec, I think. So yeah, they've quite a bit. Yeah, Montreal of Tony Distefano. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was quite, quite a quite a quite a cocoa market in uh, Quebec. Mm hmm. Oh, Ken Riker yeah, says it's Lay Bug, Lay Bug Mega. Is how that be pronounced? Le bug mega, actually. Yeah. Mm. All right. So, have we beat this one to death? What have we not talked about? Is there anything else we need to talk about tonight? Uh, well, we have those pictures of those things there. Pictures those things? of things. What are you talking about, Rondello? Oh, there's. There we have baby dolls on there. Oh yeah. What are those baby dolls? What's going on here, Mark Bosley? Well, you're talking about hockey. Hockey. Oh, hockey. Are these guys supposed to be famous? Well, they played on the uh, Oklahoma City Blazers back when we had a hockey team. Ah. Some of these guys may actually still be in the uh, NHL. How accurate are they? They all have teeth. <laughs> I don't know. So, uh, I don't know if any of these guys are familiar. There's uh, Andy Frank. Who's this guy? Tyler Fleck. Who's falling oh. up? He just dropped his thing. Brendan Morrow, uh, Joe Burden. That guy there's got a long face. And this guy was the uh, uh, mascot of uh, uh, the Blazers. Uh huh. What and city was that? Puck. What city? 
Uh, Oklahoma City. Okay. Now, is that major league or uh, minor league? Uh, minor. Um, I'm not sure how far down. Okay. But uh, the uh, company I work for actually sponsored him for uh, for a while. Hmm. Interesting. I still got a whole pile of these things. Did they ever <laughs> uh, win a cup or whatever? <laughs> um, they came down here to uh, heal and uh, rehabilitate. Okay. That's so, cool. Still have them. Very, very cool. All right. So what have we not talked about tonight? We are... We're just just shy of two and a half hours, so this is an average length show. We haven't run out of show here, have we? Yeah, I did send you one link in the uh, the chat there, Steve. If you want to check out, it just got uh, released. Henry Reitveld playing Terry Steen's balloon attack on the Coco Touchpad Koala Pad. Uh oh, let's take a look. Yeah, at you don't this. see that used to opening arcade games, so it's kind of interesting. Okay, let me switch over to my screens. All right. Henry Reitveld, also known as Reitveld, Reitveld, or sent from my phone. So, on the SD. Oh, look, he's using the koala pad to control the Coco uh, SDC menu. Yeah, I haven't seen that before. Either. <laughs> Balloon fire. So is it just touching left and right, and that starts the moving of the directions? I'm not sure. It works <laughs> just like a joystick. Yeah. You touch top, and it's like moving the joystick up. But I'm just wondering, is he touching? If he just touches far right, does it track you all the way to the right, or does he have to hold it down to the right to move right or left? Huh. Yeah, you have to hold it. Yeah. i got to try this. i got to try using a – I've got a koala pad. Yeah. I've never actually thought to try it this way. And actually, it looks like he said, uh, comment there. It looks, it looks like it works pretty well. I'm going to give it a shot with a koala pad too. Yeah. What, I'm not going to draw any with, draw anything with the damn thing. I might as well find some some <laughs> practical use for it. You know? <laughs> That's pretty damn good. He's not mentioning he's got any uh, calluses. or. <laughs> yeah, right? Not getting the uh, uh, thumb blister. Yeah. Oh, it's just like eating a mouse or something. Yeah, in a way. But I believe this was self-centering, though, wasn't it? The koala pad. Yeah, I think if you let go, it centers, doesn't it? Like you don't touch it. And that's pretty cool. Nice score. Right veld, right veld, doing it up. Is anyone playing that game developments, uh, those ports from? Uh... Yeah, we we went through a few a week or two ago. We looked at a bunch of them. They're interesting. Okay. Was he yeah. playing over a TP10? Oh, I missed that part. I'm not sure. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, by the way, too, Curtis, you mentioned a few times when we were showing some of the stuff that uh, Henry showed off on the uh, arcade cabinet. I don't think mm -hmm. that was a real size arcade cabinet. I think it's one of those arcade one-ups that you buy at Walmart. It's about a three-quarter scale arcade cabinet. I think that's what that thing oh, okay. was he was that, showing that the, the cocoa off on. But it's still cool. Um, 
Yeah, but yeah, so he did something where he got uh, he got the Coco running on one of those arts, whatever whatever arcade cabinet thing it was, real one or yeah, a it was Rampage one. or something. I think, yeah, I it was a Rampage cabinet, and he got Coco and Coco or a Coco emulator, excuse me, running on it. Hey, we've been joined by Tony Pedraza, Vice President of the Glenside Color Computer Club, host of Coco Fest, the auctioneer of Coco Fest, former president of Coco Fest in Glenside, and just all around handsome man. Uh, welcome to the program, <laughs> Tony. Good evening. I have not much to say. <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait. Good night, everybody. At com. If um, you have not logged on to or input your data to tandylist.com, you can now do it without having an intermediary start you off because there is now a register page uh, so that anybody who has not yet logged on, registered, put their data in, whatever you wish to say, mm-hmm. um, can do so without having one of the administrators start you off with a phony email address and password. Okay. So it's uh, becoming more and more autonomous. No, mm. uh, which is interesting. Yes, yes. So if uh, any of you have not put your information in, and it's basically a database for for Glenside, uh, please do so, or check your information and make sure it's up to date. Now, does this database back end to something that can be run on DOS by Bob Swagger? It has a download capability. Yes. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I know that's the old version. That's just that's a little insider humor there. So yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's a long O too. Swoger, Swoger, Yes, yes. Swoger. Yeah, I understand that was that was that was one of the challenges. I think was getting somebody to to break free of letting go of that DOS database, right? So you could step into the 21st century. Uh, <laughs> and is uh, Randy well, again? Mind you. Bob will continue to use the word the profile. The original dump that he pulled into uh, his setup uh, came from OS9 profile back yeah. in the early 90s, uh, a database that I was keeping on the membership at that time. So it was all comma delimited uh-huh. in terms of a profile to ASCII dump, and he imported it into uh, his operation and uh, from there it was transferred on to Tandy List and um, with some minor anomalies. But so the so the data has its retro roots to it is what you're saying. Right? It's all from the original. I remember talking to Randy oh, yeah. Weaver about this one time when he was starting to get the website started saying, listen, I want to do this and I want to do that, but Bob's doing something in DOS and I've got to be able to make this work and that work. So it seemed like there were some couple of hurdles that had to be um, jumped to get this moved over to the web. But it sounds like you've made a lot of progress now where people can uh, self-register and get in there. That's great. Yeah, I think John Linville just commented too. You can create your own account. Um, Tandylist.com. 
This is the place to go. Now, I have a real question because I I know I was registered there last year. I think Randy registered me himself or verified me. Or ha- yeah, there you guys had a bunch of computers set up where you could just verify yourself on these little self-service terminals. Uh, if I don't remember my password and I go to Tandy List, is there a way for me to reset my password? This is a real yes. question, not a sarcastic one. Yeah, because I'm going to probably have to do that because I don't know what my password no. would have been. So, um Okay, so I'll check that out. Shut up. Who's who's yelling at who right now? Is Linda yelling at somebody, Tony? Is she yelling at you, Tony? My name is not Shadow. Oh, (laughs) Shadow is the feline who abides with us, and he turns one year old next month. Oh, wow. He's a day after April Fool's Day. But uh, he's a kitten, and he's curious. And uh, if there's stuff up on the counter, he wants to know what it is. There you go. He wants to know what it is so he can push it off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, push it off that counter. That's why they say the world is not flat, because the cats would have pushed everything off of it by now, right? So. Uh, cool and I stuff. have now successfully registered for Cocoa Fest 2019. There we go. Jason Downs is registered. All right. Now, can we also, um, is this where we don't have to wait to pay to get in line when we check in stuff now, too? Can we pre-register and validate ourselves through Tandy List? Yes, you can. You can, uh, well, you can log in. Uh, you can then uh, actually... There is a pre-register uh, section as well. That was up, mm, I want to say, last Sunday. Uh, and uh, it was like, okay, that's great for people who have already registered with the database. Uh, what about somebody, and I believe, uh, I don't think it was Jason Downs. I don't know, I have the emails up. No, I don't have the emails up yet. Yeah, um, it was me. I pointed out it didn't work. Oh, it was Jason. Okay. Um, he said, well, how do I, how do I log in? How do I register for Coco Fest if I don't have a username and handy list? Yeah. So we pushed that this, this past week, uh, to make it easier for people to register online if they don't want to go to, uh, glensidecc.com and download the form, fill mm-hmm. out the form, scan the form, send it back to me. Uh, and then visit PayPal themselves. There is a PayPal button on Tandy List that you can push to go and finish completion of your uh, registration for Coco Fest. Your credentials should should. This is the first year. There's always glitches. You should be ready and waiting for you when you go to come through the door. Neat. Give us uh, give Rich Bear your name. Mm-hmm. And he should have all that stuff ready for you. Yeah, and uh, John Linville just chimed in too. He says, you will need to check in, but it should be faster if you've pre-registered, which is kind of what you just said too. That's cool. That's progress. That's progress. Yeah, little steps. Yeah. Little, now, little let, me, steps. let me ask you this, Tony. Hey, Predictions. Okay. Predictions. I've been there three years in a row. We've gone from 80 to 100 to 120. So we've had some pretty good growth three years consistently. It's becoming a ladder that, or becoming a staircase that's going up. 
What do you predict the numbers will be like for this year? Do you think we're going to hit 150? That would be my guess. Well, it depends on how much everybody promotes it. Uh, the past three years, we've had um, Coco Talk. We've had other Coco Crew, where the word has been getting to more and more people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could very well be. It could very well hit 150 this year. Would, would, now, what was the biggest one that you can recall ever? Like when in the heydays of Cocos and stuff in Glenside, what was the biggest Coco Fest, attendance-wise? Heavens to Murgatroyd. <laughs> I, I I think I'd have to go back to the 90s. Uh-huh. Um, the first five years were, well, it was really heavily promoted. Um, at least the first one was. Uh, it actually got into the pages of Rainbow uh, through um, Coco Pro and Dave Myers, wasn't it? Coco Pro, uh, David and Nancy Myers. Um, and there were just, there there was a good throng. Okay. There was yeah, a real yeah, good throng. Uh, so that was kind of riding the wave of the, the Rainbow, you know, kind of passing Rainbow the baton Fest, of Rainbow correct. Fest to you guys. So. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I, I yeah, I'm gonna predict. I'm gonna go ahead and throw out that number 150. I think that's a a good goal, and I think that's an achievable number. I'd like to see us do 150 this year. Um. Now, yeah, I can, you bad you I'll run for the numbers. Uh, I'll some run. I'll run some numbers this week to see what we have and try to have a report for you next Sunday night. Oh, that'll be neat. That'll be neat. But yeah, this I'm is sorry. Sunday, Saturday night, Saturday, Saturday night. Yeah, it, it, well, for Nick Morenti's in Australia, it's already Sunday afternoon. So, uh, I'm sorry, Curtis. What were you going to say now about something? I was just going to say it's too bad you weren't around at the Rainbow Fest in their heyday. I mean, Tony can tell you how huge those things were. There was thousands of people. It was just wall to wall. You could barely walk. Yeah, uh, and a much larger venue. They were they were amazing. Yeah, uh, Neil Blanchard says he's feeling 150. That, well, listen, Neil, you only look like you're like 37. But if you're feeling 150, you know, maybe get out in the sun, get some fresh air. <laughs> um, that would be cool, though. 150 people showing up. And I just put the link to, oh, that's Retro Challenge. Never mind. I was trying to put the link to um, uh, Zoom, if anybody wanted to join us on Zoom here. Uh, I think that would be cool. I, I feel it in the air. I just It seems like the buzz continues to grow. Um, the excitement, I kind of like what, uh, David O'Connor saying up here on the screen here, David's kind of been in the, back in the community for not that long, but he's kind of got contagious by how much is going on. And I think that contagiousness just kind of self-perpetuates and inspires people. So, um, yeah. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I'd like to see 150 people there. I, we, I mean, I think we were, we were on the cusp of 120 last year. Uh, I think we could do 150. I think that'd be cool if we did. I think, be... I think it's going to be close. Yeah. That might be cause for celebration. <laughs> My wife keeps asking me how many other wives are going to be there. Uh, well, uh, some of the people from the Chicago area, a lot of the Glenside folks have their better halves with them, right? So I know Linda Pedraza is there. Chris Hawks' his wife is there. Right. Who else has Mark Marlex? Well, Mark Marlex, significant other Sandy Weimer, she is there. Um, 
Last year, Mikey brought his better half. Uh, Richard and Richard didn't bring his better half, did he? No. No. Mark Coco Widows. Yeah, Mark D. Overholzer had his better half there. So, um, yeah. So there should be a few. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. The, the 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 female species is not a complete rare sighting at Coco Fest. There's there there are plenty of them there. So it yeah. looks here on on a real quick count just now. It looks like we have fifty people, exhibitors and uh, attendees registered for the fest based upon the spreadsheet. Okay. Mark is coming. Mark, Mark who? Which Mark? Mark D. Oberholzer. Mark D. Oberholzer. I don't know of this year if he's coming. Yeah, or not. I, yeah, last I heard, he was. Um, no, he is not coming. Not thinking. No. Um. Yeah. So we got to do better than fifty. <laughs> I'm sure we will. That's just people who were had the foresight to register in advance. So. Uh, <laughs> Rob Inman, he's a character. All right, so <laughs> uh, cool. All right, so what else have we not talked about that we need to talk about? Have we, have have we, we talked it? about Nick Marota? Nick Marota. You know what? I don't think we have. Have we talked about Nick Marota at all tonight? We're we're, we're slacking. Now Nick and, Nick and was Drivewire. Yeah, Drivewire. We did sing hey, uh, David Ladd Happy Birthday yesterday. Was David Ladd's birthday? Jason, just in case you weren't aware. Oh, I, I celebrated with uh, Dr. Pepper and water. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Taco Bell. <laughs> and then somebody came and stole it. Yeah, somebody stole his Dr. Pepper from him. All right. Good times, good times. Well, uh, I don't think we got too edgy tonight. So, you know, maybe we're going to lose that audience, uh, the people who like the edge. We've lost our edge. Um we have averaged about 10 people watching us on Facebook throughout the evening, give or take. we got seven watching us there right now. We've got 24 on YouTube. But we've we've had uh, pretty consistently 30 people or more watching the show. And to all of you, I just want to apologize. Um, but we're here. What else? Have I missed anything, guys? What have we not said? Help me out here. I I had an interesting question about the value of, uh, we were talking about eBay before earlier on, mm-hmm. um, and we were talking about you know, things retro and becoming popular again. Um, one thing I do know is in the, in the music industry in particular, with, with synthesizers and all the vintage stuff, um, this one down the back here, that's a Roland System 100, uh-huh. uh, which was made in 1975. Um, I got that off the original owner um, in the mid-90s. And I paid four hundred dollars for it in the original boxes with the original manuals. Um, if you can find one of them on eBay these days, at around fifteen thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, the prices of all the other stuff. But the, the sequence is sitting on the top, mm-hmm. the big box there. That's from a Roland System Seven Hundred, which was the big brother of the System One Hundred. Um, and the cabinets I'm building underneath it are, are being modelled off the original System Seven Hundred design. Um, there's a System 700 available in uh, the UK at the moment that's in that's been restored and it's in pretty good condition. To me, to get that over here to Australia, it cost me two hundred thousand dollars, and that wow. was like forty. Yeah, it's crazy money. Um, 
And the, the prices of like some of these synthesizers, I've got, I've got a Roland Juno 106 here that I bought for uh, like $60 in the mid 90s. Um, they're selling for two and a half, three thousand dollars on average now. Wow. Um, yeah, so I'm just it's it's because all the all the retro stuff and all that 80s stuff has become popular again. So I'm, I'm looking at the prices of of our cocos, you know, the cocoa one, two, and three, and I'm I'm looking at prices on eBay and trends, and uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see, you know, maybe something similar happen there with the prices actually going sky high on those. I, I wonder whether that would really be. You know? Yeah. Well, what are your thoughts on the values of real-time clocks as we move forward? <laughs> you never have too many real-time clocks. <laughs> now, do you, prefer, do you prefer analog time or are you okay with digital time? I'm okay with digital time, but I prefer analog time. <laughs> <laughs> David, what do those uh, synthesizers use for a processor? Wasn't there a, a double, a dual 6809 synthesizer back in the day? In the 70s? There probably, I wouldn't be surprised if there was. I know Z80s were popular in some of the, uh, some of the, um, the, I think the Prophet 5 and the Prophet 10, I think was a Z80 based system. I, I don't quote me on that, I'm not 100% sure, but, but I know that the Z80s and probably the 6809s were, that was, you know, when things went from manual patching with, with analog modules to having interfaces and having memory and stuff like that. Um, I know Roland produced their own chips. They made custom um, CPUs for it. I used to work as a as a Roland service tech back in the day. Um, but some of the other uh, companies that were that weren't as didn't have the, the same manufacturing clout as, say, Roland or Yamaha. Um, I know they used you know, on, on the reg, you know, things that were easy to get in the day, probably 6809s and, and Z80s. Yeah. Hmm. And we have somebody in the live chat asking about a way to get Windows 7 or get, get a Cocoa running on Windows 7. So I just put in there VCC might be the easiest way to go. Uh, I'm going to put in the link to um, imacoconut.com. So if you go to imacoconut.com, that's a little website I put together with links to a lot of different things. And one of the tabs on there is a tab for emulators. Now, I have not updated that to include the new OVCC, the open source VCC that runs on Mac and Linux. But the traditional Windows VCC is probably the easiest emulator to get started with there. Um, so go ahead and try that. I just put the link for you there in uh, amacoconut.com. So get the version 2 point whatever of VCC. And that's a great starting place. You'll hit the ground running and can start working in basic and loading disk images and stuff like that. Um, yeah, you know what? To me, I think some of the synthesizer ch stuff changed. And this is, again, getting into how computers and music and technology have kind of merged. But, um, you know, uh, again, again, like the Coco was my first introduction to electronic music. And then my second one was the Tandy 1000. And I love that one because it had that three-voice music synthesizer on there. Um, and, and Sierra Online with all those King's Quest games and stuff were really influential in kind of pushing the envelope of computerized music. And then uh, in the later 80s, they crossed over to starting to support MIDI. And I think it was right around King's Quest IV, they supported the Roland MTU-301 or whatever the hell it was called. I forgot that it was a very popular uh, MIDI synth box you could just plug into a computer. Do you remember which which Roland that one was? It was. Uh, I know I'm getting the letters and numbers in a general right order there. There was the uh, the the most 
popular of, of the Roland like small modules in the day with the two drum machines, the TR-808 and the TR-909. And there was the TB-303. I don't know whether that's what you were thinking of, is it? Well, yeah. I, I know it was like a Roland MT3U01 or whatever. It's something in that ballpark. But it was basically a little black box that you plugged into MIDI. And it was a synthesizer. with It was a keyboard without the keys. And you talked to it via MIDI. Um, oh, module. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, module. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Recommend module. And so, um, so Sierra Online supported that. And so some of these King's Quest games were, were driving that MIDI module. And so that was the high-end way to experience music on an early PC before general MIDI and onboard MIDI got baked into the Sound Blaster cards and stuff like that. But I remember that being really, really cutting edge was to have like a MIDI interface card in your PC plugged into that Roland and playing like King's Quest or whatever on that, that was like, you know, blown away to hear that. Um, and, and I think, is that, do you think that was maybe a, uh, maybe a, a change from analog to digital becoming more mainstream was around the time of that module? Because to me, I think since then, general MIDI has become a standard. A lot of things have been standardized with MIDI now. Was that like the line in the sand where the analogs maybe became more passe in like the 90s? It was a bit earlier than that. Um, The thing that really changed the face of synthesizers completely uh, was, once again, the DX7. Um, Yamaha DX7 was an FM-based digital synthesizer. And when it was released, it was producing all these sounds that that, that, that nobody else had ever heard a synthesizer do before. Um, And recording studios were full of them. Artists had them everywhere. Um, as I was saying earlier on in the, in the program, um, pretty much all the top 40 hits from, say, 1984 onwards, you could, you could be guaranteed to find a DX in, at least in one place or another in, in, those, uh, in those tracks. So the DX7 was the synthesizer that really okay. put the nail in the pocket at the time for, gotcha. um, yeah. for analog. But then, like you said, that we had that there was the forerunners to the to the Roland Sound Canvas was the one that they released probably in the in the early nineties. That was the pre that was the uh, the one that came after the, the modules that you were mentioning earlier. Um, that was all general MIDI and everything else. Um, now it's interesting right now everything's come full circle again. And manufacturers are now manufacturing analog synthesizers and yeah. yeah. Uh, some of the some of the you know the, the classic companies like Tom Oberheim, Oberheim synthesizers and and um, and um, sequential circuits, Dave Smith. Um, it, it, it just so happens that Dave Smith was one of the guys um, that invented helped invent the original MIDI standard, mm-hmm. which we still use in our studios now. Yeah. Um, but it's just, what is being worked on right now at this very moment. They're beta testing and, and adding functions to MIDI too. MIDI uh, two, MIDI two, yeah, the new the new generation of MIDI, which is backwards compatible with all of the old stuff. Oh, but it also, yeah, but it also enables all sorts of other real time controllers. Like you could have wearable controllers that would have three D motions up height, width, and depth. Oh, and everything. wow! Like a body yeah, instrument, pre- a body suit instrument, or something, huh? Pre- yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's it, wow. MIDI expression. What they're building into MIDI two, so that you can actually physically involve your body in, in, in creating expressive sounds when you're playing an instrument that's that's wild wow that kind of reminds me of the was it the theremin the one where you used to put your hand in it would waver they did yeah. all those 
50 space movies on. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's another Bob Moog invention. Um, yeah, yeah, Moog is still around. They're in the Carolinas. I got some people I used to work with that ended up working at Moog, and I remember talking to them, giving recommendations over the phone to some of my former employees that went to Moog. So yeah, uh, yeah. and that's cool. Two of the uh, oops, sorry, the chair there. Um, this is the 2000. Was released in 2001, I think. This is the modern take on the Minimo, which was the all the prog rock bands in the early 70s used the, the Minimo. This is the Minimo Voyager. It's basically the same analog circuitry. It's got digital menus, got a touchpad with uh, pressure sensitivity. And then this one up here at the top, that's also a, a, a modern uh, Mother 32, it's called, um, mm. which was released about two years ago. And it's all fully analog, but with, with, with digital programmable functions in it. So, uh, yeah, we've seen it in, in the music industry with synthesizers. We've seen a, a complete um, reversal all the way back to, uh, to analog stuff. Yeah. And manufacturers making new analog synthesizers. But we're also seeing the popularity of the DX7 coming back again. So digital yeah. is also as well. And the whole lot's being combined together. And you're finding people are now using analog and digital together. Wow! Which is it's almost like a new renaissance of uh, of electronic music, huh? Absolutely. Retro music now as well as retro yeah. computing. Yeah, a lot of people doing chiptune stuff where they're composing stuff to play on the sound chips of the old game consoles and stuff. So it's literally. As a matter of fact, Coco Crew talked about that. A German composer made an album that was released on a Sega Mega Drive cartridge, where you actually have to plug the album into the Sega game system to play it on its onboard music synthesizer. That's pretty retro. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, hey, David, David, I found the, um, it's called Far, Fairlight CMI. A oh, short... the Fairlight was a 6809, was it? Yeah, it was dual 6809, I guess. Oh, that Fairlight, I didn't, I had no idea the Fairlight had 6809s in it. That was a really high profile instrument. That was David. like, you know, tens of thousands of dollars worth of equipment there, and only the, the big studios had them. Um, wow. But, but one of the first... 79 it came out, I guess. It yeah, Michael Jackson's eight, album, Thriller, eight. had um, that all over it. It, it was, said uh, it had 8 to 16 voices. It was multi-timbral, and uh, it had ed additive synthesis. Yep. Eight bits sampling at sixteen kilohertz and sixteen bit at a hundred kilohertz. Wow! And it was just, it was an Australian invention too. Wow! It was an Australian company, CFO, um, CMI, that made the Fairlight. Yep. Yeah, the it's Series Two X is the one that had the sixty-eight oh nine. The uh, earlier version had the sixty-eight hundred. Okay. Mm. Yeah, you're right. It's on um, Wikipedia. <laughs> A big well, article about it in pictures. Yeah. I had no idea that it was nine. That's 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 really so there's a cocoa connection like, there. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. That's what it looks like. I think awesome. it actually ran a version of OS nine too. I think it did that, too. I think I remember reading yeah, that in the Fairlight. Jean Michel Char, who I was mentioning earlier on, French uh, the French composer who did who released Oxygen. Um, he released an album. A lot of albums actually in the 80s, but one of them, I think, Zulu, I think he used the Fairlight CMI fairly extensively on. That's cool. That's cool. I think there was another album that had, uh, what was the album that had, um, oh, it was Rendezvous. That's right. 
the uh, the last track on Rendezvous was meant to be played, uh, with the, the first track to, re- to be recorded in space. Um, Ron McNair, um, who was killed in the Challenger disaster, he was he took he, he was had recorders with him in his saxophone, and he was going to record the saxophone piece for that last track on Rendezvous album. Um, and of course, because of the, the tragedy of the, of the shutter, shuttle exploding, um, Jean-Michel Jarre then used that track on the album as a tribute to Ron McNair. They said Todd Rundgren, Nick Rhodes of Duran Duran, mm-hmm. Rhett Lawrence, Turby Hancock, Stevie Wonder, they all used those. Oh, Herbie Hancock, Rocket. Bam, 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 bam. And Buzz Burnell of Bad Company purchased one. Peter Gabriel used it fairly extensively too. Wow. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, there there was a time those things when they were new were wicked expensive back in the day too. Oh yeah, yeah, it was six figures. uh, Michael Jackson's Fuller album. uh, It was full of full of that and the old analog stuff as well. The Roman Jupiter Eight. Yeah. Is, uh, the introduction to Thriller was on a, a Roland Jupiter 8. So there was a crossover of analog and digital there in that period that was used on a lot of popular albums in the day. Yeah, I think it was that Yamaha piano. That Yamaha piano was like known as the house music piano that was used throughout the whole 90s, right? That DX7 one, like that piano sound was used in almost all yeah. house music, you know, so... Get your good vibrations. Like, I think Marky Mark even used it in his song. Everybody had that house piano, and they all sounded exactly the same, right? So, I'll see if I can find it. One thing I wish I still had, but I had, um, I had a Sound Blaster card that had a daughter board that was a Korg synthesizer that you plugged onto the Sound Blaster card, and then I used a MIDI. Um, oh, that sounds cool. That's, this is the Yamaha DX7 piano you're talking about. That's very tangerine dreaming sort of stuff. That's yeah, cool. man, that sounds really cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's the classic. The overused Yamaha, <laughs> Yamaha piano that was on just about everything. Yeah. And the thing with the thing with Yamaha FM with with the DX7 in its day too, the presets were really good in it. Um, it was very difficult to program if you didn't know how to program FM synthesis, but it was very very powerful. Um, it was just a, a completely different mindset to anything that anybody had ever used before with analog synthesis. Um, but for those who took the time to actually learn it, it was extremely powerful. Brian Eno, in a lot of his uh, albums, he used the DX7 exclusively and programmed everything on it for, for every part of his albums. Um, so I actually took the time to, to sit down and learn FM synthesis at the time, and, and I still use FM synthesis in my compositions today. Wow. And that's what's in the Mega Mini MPI, so it's all coming back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I'm so interested in the Mini MPI. Yeah, the, yeah, it's, the, it's the touching it's, touching home for you on a lot of levels there yeah absolutely yeah that would be great if we can get you to coco fest and join the musical jam (laughs) i'd love to be at coco fest if i was in the states i'd be there for sure yeah yeah cool 
This is awesome, man. We, I mean, listen, that was one of the topics of the show today was music, and we've had a lot of music talk, and, you know, it's it's not all Coco, but I think it's all Coco related because it's all tying into the Coco, what's going to happen with it. So um, I got no problem hearing about electronic music, and if anybody does, then you all can just switch over to another channel as far as I'm concerned. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got my okay, vote. I'll be back. Yeah, Ron says I'll be back. <laughs> so, um, all right, cool. So I'll ask the question again: Are we have we covered enough for one night? Or can anybody think of anything else we need to talk about tonight? Anyone? Anyone? Curtis yep. Boyle, party thoughts. Outro. You're muted. Your lips are moving, but I can't hear what you say, Curtis. Um, Oops, sorry, I was muted. There you go. I was gonna say, uh, no, I, I threw in a couple of extra things at the end there, like Reichfeld's, uh, you know, call track bad stuff, but uh, yeah. I haven't seen anything else pop in there really quick. So, okay, I, I'm very yeah, cool. So, Brian, the music man, we we covered some music tonight. Was that did that work for you? Well, of course it did. Uh, <laughs> there's a few more synthesizers that uh, use the 6809, uh, the a uh, couple of the Oberheim uh, units, the expander, the matrix, PBG wave. Anyone remember that one? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And also some of the uh, Sonic uh, units, the SPD-1, the SQ-1, and the SQ-80. Those also use the 6809. Wow. What was it? Um, Brian, What was uh, you mentioned some of the synthesizers you had there, too. What, what, what have you got in your collection, then? I have, uh, besides a um, uh, couple keyboards, a couple, uh, actually just one keyboard right now, We've got a uh, was it a TG fifty five uh, rack unit, uh, then uh, a all Yamaha equipment uh, TG three hundred and uh, TG thirty three. Uh, I like the th- uh, the the warmer sounds of the thirty three. It's uh, more organic and a more f- fleshy sound. Wow! Yeah, yeah. Or- oh. organic and fleshy. Now we've heard it all here. On fleshy, not flashy, <laughs> fleshy. Did you say? Did you said flesh? Sounds you, worse. But anyway. You said? Did you say flesh, like skin, fleshy sound? Yes, it's more organic sound. Yes, yeah. No, I get you. I get you. I feel you. Um, cool stuff. Fleshy. It's got a fleshy sound to it. For those of you who don't know what flesh sounds like, <laughs> you you might want to listen to that. Put your ear against your arm and listen to your flesh and. Uh, You'll know what Brian's talking about. Now, I like organic sounds. Um, Brian Weasler, the guy who gets stuff off of eBay, he takes no prisoners, and he gets the things. He doesn't pay full price. He's kind of like, remember those William Shatner commercials? Priceline negotiators, right? So he's like, I am not going to pay full price for this eBay listing, right? So um, good stuff, Brian. Um, You're welcome. I'll try to be out in time next week. But uh, yeah, yeah. Heads up, come up last minute. So thanks for sharing. You you, you got to wind those real time clocks. There's a little thing on there. You wind them up and then they, <laughs> they keep going. So that's good. Don't lose um, the key. Oh, hopefully, you saved a lot on your car insurance too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did did Brisa get to get his pad working? Brisa, did you get a pad Brisa. working? Yeah, I got it going. It was a bit erratic. It kept on auto-centering when I was trying to play um, Jeweled with it, Roger Taylor's Jeweled game. It doesn't work too crash up with that, so it doesn't mm. like auto-centering. It needs to be just straight flayed around the place. You, you may have to take some training, <laughs> you know. 
Yeah, I'll try play playing with them. Yeah. Yeah, it'll probably really be good on certain types of games anyway that are designed for that type of. Uh, yeah, I think the precision uh, might have to. You might have to bang it down to seat the chips in it. <laughs> it's like an apple apple three. How huh? you got to pick it up and drop it so the chips fall back into their sockets, right? Um, uh, what's, what's, what was that other commercial? The guy, remember the Midas commercials? I'm not gonna pay a lot for this muffler, right? <laughs> yeah. I am not going to pay full price on this eBay listing. Um, cool stuff, cool stuff. Oh, so uh, Truth Forever One is saying, is there a Cocoa Fest in Florida? I don't know where you are in Florida, but I'm in Florida too, Truth Forever. And we actually have a Florida Retro Club meeting. There was actually a meeting today that I did not go to because I would not have made it back in time to do Cocoa Fest if I did. Or Coco Talk, I should say, not Coco Fest. But yeah, we have a Florida Retro Club, and we meet every couple of months, either in South Florida or in Central Florida. Um, so you ought to reach out. Uh, I don't know if I don't know who you are, Truth Forever One. I don't know if you're on Facebook, but you should reach out to us on Facebook, or uh, you can email us at Coco Talk at Coco Talk Live. I'll put that out there uh, in the live chat. But yeah, you can reach out to us on the show here. I can tell you what's going on in in Florida. Um, uh, what else was I going to say? I don't know. We've 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 said a lot. We've had unboxings. We've seen dragons with 32 cassettes. We've seen software still sealed in plastic by Brian Weasler. We've seen uh, an analog room of musical amazingness with uh, David O'Connor. We listened to some Game Master cartridge music by a few different people, including Farfall, um, the new Farfall Master Edition. We've heard Brian, the music man, play some music and tell us that we've learned about musical instruments that had 6809s in them with OS9 running. I mean, there's definitely a Coco connection here going on here. It's all in the family. It's a good thing. Uh, Jim Gary's been with us. He's got a frog blinking his eyes in the background there. That's pretty impressive. Hypno <laughs> MC Hypnotoad. MC Hypnotoad. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get people licking their screens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not uh, getting it. I'm not getting it. <laughs> Somebody touched this beforehand, didn't they? <laughs> oh, man. So what else have we talked about here? Okay, so Brian. Okay, Mark Bosley, everything good with you? You got your hockey bobbleheads that still have all their teeth, so that's good. Yeah, put them all away. Okay. Uh, any parting thoughts, words of wisdom for us? No, no. Right. Bad. If you good. want to contribute to the new rainbow, please do so. Yeah, that would be a good thing. It's going to take a little while before we get it produced, but it's going to be awesome. Lots I believe it. I feel it in my bones, and I would definitely yeah. like an. I'd like an autograph copy of the new rainbow. Uh so what else? What else? Ron Delvaux, you're going to be cranking away on our new Rainbow Magazine. I'm, I know where it's, it's in good hands. When it's in your hands, you're a creative genius. Yep. It, we just need to concentrate on time and get it done and be motivated. Not... Yeah, yeah. So Mark, yeah. Mark Overholzer has uh, a very good uh, mind on, his, on that guy. He's, uh, you know, he's got lots of good ideas and stuff. Yeah, he's, too bad it's all wasted on helping. the Apple II, though. Eh. <laughs> his heart is in it so yeah that's true his heart's in the he's, he's he's an apple II guy but his heart's with the cocoa and that's and that's that's just fine um 
Jim Gary, anything you want to let your fans know where they can see you next and get an autograph signing or anything like that? Or uh, I just put all my stuff on um, Game Jolt. Uh, you can play uh, all my MC10 games and I, uh, a JavaScript uh, emulator. It's a, it's a hosting site for games. Okay. Indie games. Do- Game Jolt, like Game the cola, J O L T. Yeah. Gamejolt.com. Uh, like J- Jolt Cola. Like Jolt Cola. Jason Downs, what's next? You've got a dragon from the UK boxed up with 35 cassettes. What are you going to do for an encore? I have no idea. The Dragon 64 seems to be worth its weight in gold. So Yeah. Uh, has anybody got their sights on the New York Times edition Coco 2 with the engraved <laughs> badge on it? So. <laughs> <laughs> or the crown jewel of your collection. Uh, <laughs> I tell you, who, it's the fruitcake of the cocoa world. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's going to make a fruitcake cocoa, you know. Yeah. Happen. Mm. Richard Lorbieski, without divulging any information, could we possibly look forward to a new product from Boyson Technologies at Cocoa Fest, a world premiere or anything? Oh, sure. You will. You will? Oh, yeah. Will, will a real-time clock be involved? Uh, yes, actually. I will. <laughs> How about the sequel, the fake time clock? Yeah. No, I, actually, I, I am developing a, a simple real-time clock uh, that's going to go with a serial, a dual serial card. Okay. It'll plug wow. right in. This, sounds, this has David Ladd written all over it. Oh, yeah. Yes. yeah. It's, it's, dual it's serial... Now, this isn't going to let blue smoke out of my machine if I no, plug no, it in. No, no, not at all. No. The That's lights not... aren't going to dim when I turn on the computer? Nope. Oh, not not yet, but it, it may raise your bill, but I don't <laughs> think it'll dim it. Well, so so um, somebody just mentioned here, so that, Truth Forever saying, uh, I hope I keep watching these shows, Coco Talk shows. So here's the thing. We're on episode 98 which means there's been 97 other episodes before this. And and I think I forgot to mention that, but um, there was somebody on Facebook this week. I, I wish I could find the – I forgot to bookmark that one, but it says, oh, man, I just I just started watching Coco Talk, and that Rage Quit episode was classic. I think it's really interesting now when somebody quotes an episode number or title and uses it as a reference point. That to me is something completely unexpected, you know, oh, an episode, you know, matter of fact, it was Nick Marotta, Nick Marotta, Nick Marotta that was talking about, hey, I looked up one of your old episodes and how to install MAME and I got MAME running, you know, so we've covered so many topics in the past 97 episodes. I don't remember half the, I don't remember what we talked about last week, you know what I mean? So we're we talking about some, 100 spectacular. Uh, well, it. Probably won't be spectacular, but we'll have a 100. <laughs> we don't want to break tradition now. This way, yeah. <laughs> it'll, it'll be it'll be triple digits. <laughs> um, oh, but, 100. That's a you know, gosh. I know. I know. Um, but no, it's something that I completely never expected was to somehow become like a resource. And you know, people are mentioning, oh, you know, an episode 12 topic you know, whatever. And now that's great. That's completely, everything about this show has been completely um, unexpected. Yeah. So MAME episode 12, where we had Tim Lindner, who's been pretty much one of the main devs on the Coco side, getting stuff yep. work for MAME. Tim really broke it down for us. Not only how to run it, but how to, you know, shortcut some of the menus, how to shortcut some config files. 
He even showed if somebody wants to do the making of it or the building of it and, and, you know, create it on a Linux or Mac system, how to do it in minimal time. There was a lot of good information in there. That was also the, 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 the next day we had the world debut of the speech sound pack end up got, got emulated to MAME too. And that was a huge project and a huge, um, victory to get that speech sound pack running in emulation because it's nobody's done it yet you know um and we had floppy talk for a while didn't we floppy talk yeah yeah with david yep. ladd we've had mm -hmm. we've had so many different things um you know and again m most of it's never been planned or expected they just kind of happened and just kind of evolved and organically happened it was very organic and very fleshy how this show has uh, <laughs> how this show has just become whatever it is. So it would be cool to play the um, retrospective sometime again. Remember that one that was made up? Yeah, we have a couple was, of best ofs. It was pretty um, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to play the closing credits to give you guys about a minute and a half to think about what you want to say for our final thoughts and we'll get our final final thoughts after our closing credits now i just have to find them i don't know where they are i have too many things here to choose from uh oh you know what i didn't play let's play the make the trek song here let's play the theme song to coco uh fest before we play us out here growing stronger, Captain. Coming from a star system directly ahead. Coco Fest Make the trek To the place You belong Illinois Hair and point Make the trek Coco Fest Coco Fest, May 4th and 5th, 2019 in Lombard, Illinois. Make the trek. Touch the heron. Fascinating. This concludes another episode of Coco Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. For all things Coco Talk, visit us on the web at cocotalk.live. We'd love to hear from you. Send feedback, suggestions, even segments via email to cocotalk at cocotalk.live. Consider supporting the show with a purchase of merchandise from our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, click on the Patreon link on our site at cocotalk.live. Cocotalk would not exist without the community and its cast and crew. Thanks go to Curtis Boyle, David Ladd, Mark Overholzer, Grant Leedy, Bruce Moore, Nick Morentes, Ron Delvaux, Rick Adams, Jason Reichert, Richard Lorbieski, Jim Brain, Karen Anscombe, Simon Jonason, and many, many more. Special thanks to Steve Bjork for production suggestions and to Brian Joyce, Ken Reichert, and Rob Inman for all of their bonus content and contributions, as well as Roger Taylor for getting us on the Coco TV channel on Roku. Please help support the Coco community by visiting some of its contributors. The Coco Crew Podcast at CocoCrew.org. Glenside Color Computer Club, host of Coco Fest at GlensideCCC.com. Jim Brain and Retro Innovations at Go, the number four, Retro.com. Tandy Assembly at TandyAssembly.com. 
Voison Technologies at voisontech.com. Get your own switcheroo and wallaby cable at cocoman.biz. Cloud9 Technologies at cloud9tech.com. Coco Talk is hosted by Steve Strobridge, co-hosts, technical directors, segment hosts, and producers, Curtis Boyle, David Ladd, Grant Leedy, Mark Overholzer, Ron Delvaux, and Jason Riker. The Coco Talk theme song is copyright 2008 by D. Bruce Moore and Greg Sheeler. Mixed, mastered, and produced by D. Bruce Moore. Of great audio content there from D. Bruce Moore, one of our Coco musician extraordinaires, producer, engineer, singer, songwriter. Uh, make the trek is the uh, slogan for this year's Coco Fest. We want to encourage everybody to make that trek. We want to see a minimum of 150 people at Coco Fest this year. We want to we want to have the fire marshal. Uh, be warning us that there are too many people here and that we are putting human lives at risk and in jeopardy here. We want to endanger personal well-being by attending Cocoa Festival. Now, maybe that's pushing it just a little bit. But, yeah, wouldn't that be a great problem to have that we just, sorry, folks, we can't let you in because Cocoa Fest is full. That would be a great problem to have. So we hope hope that we get a lot of people showing up this year. all right. <laughs> Retro Innovation says, yay, back to peace and quiet. You know, nobody's forcing you to watch or listen to this show, Jim, but that's okay. Uh, uh, all right. So final, final, final thoughts. Uh-oh. Brian, is the music there, man. Is there anybody um, that has a picture of people touching the heron? <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen. I that. believe I they've all been confiscated by the uh, law by the law enforcement agencies. So, yeah, actually, uh, I usually do it before David Ladd touches it. <laughs> don't touch the heron. Stop feel, touching yourself. Yes, I feel bad for the guy who's got to disinfect the heron after we leave each year. So. <laughs> or, or the, the the newer one could be rubbed uh, David Ladd's head. Yeah, buff the head, right? So yeah. this this doesn't sound as good as touch the heron. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. Brian, the music man, Shoebring is going to play us out. Uh, We're going to ever have a cocoa after dark again someday in the distance. We, well, we are. It's yeah. after dark now. Yeah. Um. um yeah. I'm, I'll let your hair down one. The let you, uh, has, right. has, has your hair been up, Ron, this whole time? Uh-huh. Has your hair been up? It, that's up. It, yeah. Does it need? Does your hair need yeah. letting down? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think we uh, we can do it sometime. Yeah, take oh, the let... curls. Take the curls out. 
All right. Well, do we? Do you guys want to take a break and come back, and we'll do an after dark after the show right now? Just, I, if I could just put one little quick thing in now. Um, sure. Go ahead, David. If anybody knows where I can get a Coco Three in Australia, or even ship to Australia without having to fork out a kidney or an arm or something, um, <laughs> be greatly appreciated. Yeah, the shipping costs are often a killer to get it over to Australia, but um, I'm on the lookout for Coco Three. Sounds like so what you want to do flesh. is find someone selling on eBay who wants to or is willing to use the global shipping program because it's available in the U.S. too. So a U.S. seller can use it to ship overseas, and it's a heck of a lot cheaper for them than to ship it direct to you. Ah, interesting. Okay. The other person you might talk to is Ian Maverick. He's uh, he's more into Model 3s and 4s, but he dabbles in the Coco as well. And he's he's based in Australia. Oh, good one. Okay. Yeah, you can find Coco's stuff with him because I've checked out his stuff. He does have it. He's got floppy drives and everything. Is he on the the, the Coco Facebook group? Um, yeah, you should be able to find him there. Yes, he, yeah. he's active on the Facebook. He's okay. part well, of the he's part of the TRS eighty Trash Talkers podcast where they talk about mostly the you know the Z eighty and TRS eighty line. But yeah, he's you can reach him in. Uh, in the Coco Facebook group, Ian Maverick, the Mav. And he makes hardware too, doesn't he? Yeah, he makes his own hardware. He makes the Fred. Like the floppy drives that like control. Yeah, he make him he, he makes some Coco hardware. Like he uh, he has a flop, floppy drive reproduction and a few other things like that too. So I think he he reproduced the high res uh, Color Max joystick interface recently too. I think or something like that. Because yeah, he, he makes... also he also done the floppy disk controller as well. Yeah, so he's reproduced a few things. Oh, good one. I'll definitely, I'll get onto it. Thank you very much. Hey, thanks for being here and, and co come back anytime, anytime, especially when you have some more updates where we can see and hear what you're doing with the Coco and the Mega Mini MPI controlling all this layers of sound. Yeah, well, that'll, hopefully that'll be, that'll be arriving here this week. I'm hoping. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Awesome. Plus you speak more fluent Australian than Nick does, so you can help translate for us too. Yeah. So please. <laughs> Yeah, Nick sounds like he's eating a box of uh, crackers and Vegemite when he's talking. So, <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool, cool. All right, so so final vote. Do we want to have an after dark? I can take a five minute potty break and queue up after dark if you guys want to come back. And it's freaking midnight, dudes. Yeah, let's do this. You guys want to do it? Yeah, All right. Well, well, you guys can stay on the Zoom call if you want. I'm going to end transmission here in just a minute. We are going to conclude Coco Talk episode 98. But for those watching live, if you want to go smoke them, drink them, take a potty break and come back, we will continue the fun and frolicking with the first After Dark that we've had in God knows how long. I don't remember the last time we had an long actual time. After Dark. And this is requested by Rondell Vaux of, of uh, No Less. So if this sucks, it's all his fault. So. Oh, thanks. <laughs> no pr no pressure. No pressure. Yeah, I have to go. <laughs> all right. All right. So I'm going to I am going to I'm going to end the broadcast, but you guys can stay on the Zoom call for those who want to continue talking Coco. And we'll be back in just a little bit. So just refresh your browsers. If you're on Facebook, though, I think it's going to start a new feed. So you might need to jump over to the Coco Talk Facebook page um, and you'll and a new feed will start shortly. If you're on YouTube, just refresh the browser and you'll see it um, re um Re reappear in just a moment. Okay, so this is the sound of me hanging up. Everybody say goodbye. Dragon oh, forever. Say Stay goodbye. Out. Okay. Episode